So it was about two and a half years ago. We were sitting around the table for Thanksgiving. The family was eating. It was good. The food was nice. The music was on. Everybody was getting along. Figured now might be a great time to explain to my family my new endeavor that I'm going to do. There's about six or seven of us around the table, really, like I said, enjoying ourselves past the cranberry sauce, enjoying the turkey, the gravy, the mashed potatoes, the stuffing, everything else. So I figured I'll say, you know, while there was a little lull in conversation, I said, hey, guys. I have this new thing I'm thinking about doing. You know what I'm saying? I I, I really, really have this passion for cruising, and I want to become a travel agent. So nobody really said anything after, but my sister got done chewing or, you know, swallowing her mashed potatoes and then looked up and said, Hey, Tom, 1993 just called. They want their occupation back. Come on, guys. Prove my sister wrong and book a cruise with Always Be Booked. Yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a tent Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Yeah Woo. All aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen To the always be booked cruise cast show Coming to you not quite live From the K Compound In Boca Raton, Florida Today we have the cruise news as always As well as an appearance from the lovely And intoxicating Beatrix uh, We talked about Cuba We talked about our Royal Caribbean Harmony of the Sea sailing And much much more She was rocking that yellow Pastel, always be booked t-shirt, looking kind of good. And uh, then, as she has been known to do, took over the show and asked me some rapid-fire cruise questions. Uh, Nice to see that you guys came back with a vengeance with the emails this week, so we're going to have that for you as well. Uh, Those of you who jumped on the Facebook Live last night, I appreciate that. By the way, if you didn't do that or if you don't have access, all you have to do is join the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. It's a group, and I will let you write in. It's not quite as exclusive as we make it sound. Uh, Big secret there. It was really fun. I hope you guys enjoyed the back and forth. I hope maybe you got a little something out of those hot cruise deals that we talked about. And like I said last night, remember, those were Norwegian cruises between the months of March and September. So you don't always find the best deals during those months, but we did find a bunch of them and we put them out there for you. And it was good to check in with everybody and see everybody and talk to everybody last night. If you didn't see it, you still can join the Always Be Both Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Jump right in and see the live from last week. We are, as of now, going to see how that works. The schedule is always a fluid thing, but we are going to try to continue that at 7.30 on Sundays. I will probably take the Super Bowl week off. Don't you know, chop my head off, but I think maybe that might be appropriate. Um, you know, I, I really think those deals that we put out there were really, really good. I'm not sure what you guys think about them. I know they're not home runs. You know, sometimes in uh, October and February, you can find those $350 eight 
day cruises that aren't selling that well. You didn't find any of those, but you found some really, really good deals, especially that transatlantic reposition 12 days from New York to Southampton that includes a trip to Paris for under 700 bucks. Uh, and the balcony was pretty good on that too as well. Uh, big shout out to Matt and Thelma. As always, they are on a uh, Miami cruise. Uh, they're leaving out of Miami and they're on the Allure of the Seas and they're going to the Eastern Caribbean. So they're going to have a great time. No doubt about that. Uh, I wanted to give them a quick shout out because I offered a free, what I'm calling a pilot episode of what I'm calling the Cruise Companion. And the Cruise Companion is basically me. It's a service that I'll provide for you guys. If you guys are going on a cruise, any cruise whatsoever, three days, five days, six days, eight days, if you guys, uh, whatever port you're going to, whatever port you're sailing out of, wherever you're coming from, all personal details about you, like what you uh, like to do, particularly on cruises, what type of cruises you are. Me and Matt uh, had some communication. We continue to have communication, so I know what kind of cruises he likes. I would like to do the same thing for you. And then I put some music behind it, some music that I know he likes and some inspirational stuff. And, you know, we all love going on these cruises and we all get hyped the day of. And if you check out uh, patreon.com right now you can see it for free we don't put stuff on patreon for free typically but i wanted to leave that up there right now it's a cruise companion and it's a little bit inspiring it's a lot informative and hopefully it's uh you know it's it's very personal that's where we're trying to go with that um I was looking at, you know, I could charge, I could charge 30 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, or maybe 40 for these. You know, that's what I'm thinking. But then I actually did it. So I sat up and I started it at like 9.30 and uh, I didn't get done with it till like 5, like 4.35 in the morning. And then I fell asleep and I'm like, geez, 20 bucks, 30 bucks. So I woke up at like 10.30 in the morning and I was <laughs> a text from Doug, Doug Parker. And uh, he was like, dude. You can't sell that thing for forty bucks, and I'm like, I, I, you're, I'm way ahead of you. I'm, I'm already on the same page as you, but you have to do it in practice to know. So it is going to cost eighty bucks right now, and I think it's definitely a good value. If you don't think it's a good value, don't buy it. But you know, if you're spending two grand on a cruise or fifteen hundred on a cruise, whatever you're going to put on there for an extra eighty bucks, I will absolutely spend the five to six hours of doing the research, finding out your personal preferences, and giving you and providing you with what is uh, we're calling the cruise companion. That will be tailor made music, music and everything for your um, for your sailing, and it's going to have that you know that always be booked touch to it that you guys like. Speaking of the Patreon, for five dollars a month, you guys can support the show. While you do that, you can get an extra show that's going to be unveiled every Thursday. So five bucks a month, you know, we do put a lot of effort and work into this show, and it's you know become two years in now, and you know what. What do you want me to tell you? After a while, after all this, we're going to have a payment option for you guys to take advantage of. If you want to keep listening to this regular show, that's fine because this is where the real action is. But for you super fans who like when the curtain gets opened up a little bit, you get let behind the curtain. And uh, we, we give you some stuff that's a little more personal. Sometimes we overshare in that area, uh, and some some of you like that, some of you don't. Some of you just want the crew stuff, straight, just the facts, ma'am. And uh, that's fine, too. Just stay right here. But if you like the extra show, if you like more content, if you like a little bit more of a personal approach to it, and in general, if you're a, a fan of the show and you realize, you know, what we do here and how it's not free and it's whether it's monetary, that monetary, uh, you know, commitments that we have to put into this as well as time, 
and you want to support the show, it's an extra five bu- bucks a month. That's uh, patreon.com slash always be booked, and uh, you could have access to that. All right. What else do we got? All right, let's get into some stuff a little bit. So we got the Pitbull location. You guys remember me talking to you about the possibility of moving to Miami, and this was uh, over a year ago, and it was kind of like a crazy time, a transitional time. I feel still feel like I am in that transitional time in, in my life. I am not out of the transition, but that was kind of the beginning of it, where I moved back from Orlando, back to New York, and... You know, just a couple of months into New York, I was told that this new project was coming out and we were going to open up a location with Pitbull uh, on South Beach on Ocean Drive in Miami. And I was it was offered to me to to take on the opportunity. And as tempting as it was and as kind of high profile as that position is, you have to, I guess, and it was going to be good money, too. You have to take a step back and you have to wonder, you know. On paper, to the naked eye, this seems like, yeah, jump all over it. But, okay, at the time, I had just moved back to New York. I didn't want to move to South Beach. I didn't want to abandon Always Be Booked because this was going to be a a six-and-a-half-day minimum work week. So that was going to be it. And plus, I'm a freaking translucent white guy from Long Island, Queens, New York. And uh, now all of a sudden you're going to put me in South Beach where I would have to basically either get Rosetta Stone and learn it all or walk around with an interpreter. And... uh, you know, they sent me a video <laughs> last night. My friend John Starr, who you heard on the show last night, uh, I'm sorry, last week, you heard him, uh, and he talked about cruising and things like that, but how I'm friends with him, how I know him, is because he's one of the partners in a lot of places across the country, a high-profile nightclub guy. You could actually see him on TV, guys. Wahlburgers. Uh, he's in a bunch of Wahlburgers episodes. It's hysterical. And, uh, you know, he's friends with all those guys and Mark Wahlberg and everything like that. Don't mean to drop names. Ow, watch your feet. Oosh, ow, ow. Um, either way. So he's he's a good buddy of mine. And he, um, you know, he, he sent, he's he been sending me videos. He might be sending me the videos as sour grapes trying to show me what he thinks I passed up on and I'll maybe have regret. What he's actually doing is confirming that I actually, I don't even care, man. You know what? It would have been comfortable. The money would have been great. But what is this, man? What do we got? 50, 40, 50 years left if we're freaking absolutely lucky, you know? He's sending me videos of the build-out, which is very, very nice. But then he sends me video of the dance practice because clearly it's going to be an entertainment venue too. And these two, I mean, gorgeous. One guy, one woman, two gorgeous people, uh, perfect bodies, black on black on top of the bar, just working out a perfectly choreographed salsa routine, a partner's dance, and it's just, like, amazing. I'm actually going to post it if you give a crap. You'll see what I'm talking about, and it's just, like, very, very impressive. But I'm thinking, what the hell am I going to bring to the table? I'm a fat white guy. I'm going to go down there. You know, what am I going to say? Enrique, I want those spins tighter. Come on, tighten it up on those spins. What am I supposed to do? And then this fine dining uh, Cuban steakhouse with a, you know, it's a beautiful place. Uh, But I'm a party. I'm a party bar guy. You know what I mean? I'm going to let your hair down. Come as you are. Let's play a little bit of everything. Let's have a good time and let's drink some freaking beer and, you know, tell some stories the next day. I'm not the ultra slick, good looking Latino perfectly uh you know high-end bottle service you know i could deal in bottle service that's a little bit of a crossover but you know the ultra high-end stuff like that that is a really really nice place basically what i'm trying to tell you is i'm not knocking it it i'm a little i'm a little bit more basic than that that's that's not my uh 
that's not my lane is what I'm trying to say. So it, I do congratulate them, uh, you know, my old boss and, and my friend John and all the people involved and Mr. Bull, Pit, Pit Bull. Uh, I congratulate all you guys and uh, I'm thinking, still thinking about going to the opening and uh, as the recording of this, this is today, it'll come out tomorrow, which is Tuesday and uh, Tuesday is the grand opening. I don't know if I have the time. I got a lot of stuff to do. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it down to Miami for this grand opening, but we'll see. I'll let you know if I do. There should be uh, a bunch of funny stories or at least, you know, decent stories that come out of that. All right, that's about it. Let's get into the cruise news. So first, it was reported at 150, then it shot up to 300, and now it is a total of 500 passengers who are reported to have been stricken with norovirus on board Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas last week. So right after the ship departed from Port Canaveral this past Sunday, some passengers reported to have been experiencing symptoms of what is basically known as norovirus, which is in, in practice pretty much the stomach flu. The cruise liner was scheduled to sail through the Caribbean before returning to Florida on Sunday, which was yesterday, on the Oasis of the Seas, but will now arrive back in Port Canaveral on Saturday. Are you ready for this? All of the ship's passengers are going to get a complete refund for this cruise due to the inconvenience and the outbreak. The problem with norovirus, I mean, there's a lot of problems with norovirus, aside from the pooping and the puking, is that it's extremely contagious. So when you put that together with a, um, you know, relatively confined environment like a cruise ship, you got pretty much what is a disaster of like a perfect storm, uh, no pun intended, there's the first one of the week. Um, The ship was supposed to hit several Western Caribbean ports of call, but was turned away by local authorities and was forced, forced to head back to its port of origin, Port Canaveral, one day ahead of schedule. They were able to call at their private resort in Haiti because ultimately I think it's their decision or whether they can port there or not because they kind of leased out the land. But Jamaica and Cozumel said, no, thank you. No, thank you. You and your norovirus need to turn around and go back to Florida so as to not further spread the outbreak to the tourists and locals that are on land. Um, Returning early will give the cruise line a chance to give the ship a much needed deep clean and resanitization. It's not known yet what caused the outbreak, but most instances of norovirus occur in food service settings like restaurants, according to the CDC. Now, One couple who were not infected, thankfully, by the norovirus uh, shared their account of the incident. This was our 20th cruise, and on all the cruises we've been on, we've never had anything happen like this before, Martha Balland said. Balland, her husband, and their two friends boarded the Oasis of the Seas cruise ship on Sunday like the rest of the passengers and saw firsthand how the virus works. Balan said, right away, vomiting, diarrhea, cramping, just a terrible sickness where you once uh, where once you did get it, you were confined for three days. Uh, we just thought, oh, my, one of us is probably going to come down with this. So I would have thought so, too. If you saw an outbreak, you know, the, the thing holds, what, 6,500 uh, 6, passengers, and all of a sudden 500 of them are infected with it. Not right away, but, you know, they get, end, ended up getting to that number. She also said staff members took extreme measures to curb the spread of the disease by constantly cleaning common areas, she continues. Um, Imagine that. 
that's going to, I mean, you're on a cruise ship as a crew member. You're already in a thank, I'm not saying thankless, but a very hardworking, low-paying job. I know there's good points to it. I don't mean to call it a, 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 you know, a version of indentured servitude, but, you know, you hear that a lot. You know, they, the labor laws are much more liberal on these cruise ships and whatever country they're flagged in than they are in the United States so they can work long, long, long hours, work very, very hard, and now all of a sudden norovirus kicks in, so you got to step it up a notch. Uh, she continues, at end at night, they actually had hazmat suits on, and they were walking through the hallways, spring, so I guess that they were doing, uh, I guess they were doing that while everybody was sleeping, Balan said. Balan said infected passengers were quarantined for two days and no one could get off the ship. They said, do not come down to the doctor's office. You stay in your room and we will visit you. She said, all passengers got off the ship in Florida on Saturday. It really sounds like an absolute nightmare, if you're asking me. Um <clears throat> Well, that's about it. So on that, so norovirus broke out. Everybody knows that that's never a good thing. Usually it's somewhat contained. This this one seemed to have gotten away from them a little bit, and uh, that is absolutely unfortunate. So uh, this past weekend was the anniversary of what was probably the worst cruise ship disaster since the Titanic. And we all know we're talking about the Costa Concordia. And man, this was a terrible, terrible event where I, I remember where I was when I heard it. I was in my old house in uh, Long Island and we were hanging out and it just kind of came on the news. And this was, was I even a cruiser? Yeah, I think I was a cruiser at this point. But um, yeah, it was just it, it, it was just a terrible, terrible thing. And my brother and sister were like, see, you can, you know, cruising is dangerous too. Uh but I was like, you know, still, this is one, you know, this and the Titanic. But either way, what I wanted to do was possibly do a little bit of a timeline and kind of relive that. Uh, a, for information, and so you guys know the story because it is kind of an interesting story. But also just be to on- uh, also just to honor everybody that was kind of involved and make sure everybody, the crew, everybody uh, except the captain who apparently, um, you know, was disgraced and sent to prison. But uh, everybody who had to go through that. Uh, is honored and at least given their just due and some attention here. So on Friday, January 13th at 7 p.m., uh, the ship set sail from the port of Civitavicha near Rome. It had 4,229 people on board, including over 3,000 tourists and a crew of more than 1,000. That's where you get that 4229 number. Uh, they were hailing from 60 different countries, most of them Italian, French, German, Spanish. Uh, the first port of call was on the seven-day cruise. On the seven-day cruise was to be to Savonia, and that is northwest Italy. Uh, and then stops including Marseille, uh, Marseille, Marseille. Oh, this is going to be a disaster, huh? Marseille, Marseille. I think because it's got two L's. Anything Spanish with two L's, you kind of give it that Y, right? And Barcelona. So at 8.30 p.m., many passengers uh, are having dinner or drinks in one of Costa Concordia's five restaurants and 13 bars. Remember, the Costa Concordia, dare I say it, and shout out to Carlos for bringing this to, uh, to, to, the, to the surface, and I didn't know this. The Costa Concordia is a sister ship to the Carnival Splendor, and uh, Splendor was originally going to be a Costa ship, and last minute got moved to Carnival the in the in in the America the North American market as its own class. So 
9.30 p.m., the ship strikes a rocky outcrop just off the Tuscan island of Giglio. Giglio. So sorry. 9.35, the electricity goes off on the ship. Many passengers begin to panic. So you hear a bump. The only thing is, I'll say, like, if I got a life preserver and I can see land, yeah, there's some comfort. But overall, can you imagine the terror? Like, you hit the wall, you hit the seawall, you hit the rocks, and then five minutes later, the electricity goes out. Yes, that's going to cause some panic. And remember, the Splendor is a fairly large ship, and uh, the more people, the more panic. At 9.45 p.m., a first alarm is sounded. Two long whistles and one short informing the crew of a problem. So you know about the, li- the whistles if you've been on the mustard drill. That's not necessarily a fire or a disaster. This is just a problem. Wow. Two long whistles and one short. 9.50 p.m. The ship begins to list. In the restaurants, dinnerware crashes off the tables. Some passengers rush to their cabins for their life vests. Smart move. Those passengers, I'm right there with you. 10 p.m. Some passengers gather on the fourth deck where the lifeboats are located as the captain tries to maneuver the vessel closer to shore. 10.10 p.m. The abandoned ship signal is given. Seven short whistles and one long. Lifeboats begin their deployment. Now, what you have to remember here, and maybe they'll continue this, but, you know, the ship is listing. And that's one, I guess, technology that isn't so figured out. I think it's better now, now that the lifeboats are lower. But uh, back in the day, especially, lifeboats were very much high at the top. So any listing that is involved will, I guess on the side that you know how would you put this one of the sides you know how the ship lists the side that it's tipping over on is okay you could drop those lifeboats but the opposite side in the direction of the list how are you going to drop those lifeboats the lifeboats are just going to hit the wall of the uh of the ship 1020 um the coast guard launches rescue operations with the help of speedboats and helicopters uh giglio's 800 strong population turns out in force to help transfer passengers to shore many passengers jump into the chilly waters instead of boarding lifeboats that would have been me i was not going to if this ship and we all know the ship is going down and it's an abandoned ship situation i'm not waiting around for a lifeboat i'm throwing that life vest on and i'm rolling the dice 11.15, the first lifeboat reaches Gilio. Uh 11.40, media reports say Captain Francisco Chatino Sh- uh, is found ashore exhausted. Oh, boy. So this is what a problem was for the captain. 11.40 p.m., the media realizes this is the captain, and uh, he did what you the one thing you're not supposed to do, and he abandoned ship. Saturday, January 14th, three bodies are recovered, identified as two French tourists and a Peruvian crewman. Um, Provincial Captain Grosetto's Fire Chief Enino Aquilino says his workers plucked around 100 people from the water and around 60 from the ship. So people are getting saved. That's the good news. Italian prosecutors detain the captain of the cruise ship, Francesco Chettino, and First Officer 
Ciro Ambrosio over, I feel like this is like, a, I'm just reading off pasta dishes here, over possible charges of manslaughter and abandoning ship before all passengers were rescued. I don't mean to make a joke, but I just, you know, you know my style and it's just kind of like what I do. This is not a, a funny situation. This is a very volatile, intense situation and a historic situation. So uh, let, let's just kind of make sure that, that the, the gravity is it's not lost on me. I'm just, you know just a clown so um this this is the crazy part so he he uh he left the ship jumped off the ship and if you guys search on youtube this is something i recommend listen to the audio of the uh coast guard or some whoever it is on land or somebody just an authority talking to the captain and completely dressing him down, literally live, for abandoning this ship and ordering him to go back out to the ship and return to the ship and try to save lives. And the captain was just basically saying, you know, there was reports that he said he, he fell. He fell onto a lifeboat and ended up at shore because he fell onto the lifeboat. Clearly just preposterous situations. And I heard a lot of things like coward being thrown out there and things like that. Listen. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Are you, uh, I guess, yeah, you got to stay on the ship, right? Yes, you do. I mean, you have your lifeboat. I mean, you have your life vest, and the Coast Guard is aware of the situation. Yes, the ship is going down, obviously, but, you know, you if you weren't in the first kind of, I guess, 30 to 40 people that were just, you know, killed immediately because you were on the side that it listed onto, you're probably going to be able to survive this for all intents and purposes. So I would say, yeah, you probably shouldn't get off the ship. You can't abandon ship. That's what he did. But you got to listen to this audio on YouTube. It's very, very interesting. And it's just the back and forth. And you could tell the captain was just squirming, trying to come up with answers for this uh, authority figure on how and why he left the ship and why he can't return to the ship. Because the guy was telling him, you return to your ship right away. So it wasn't completely over. If he did go back to the ship, uh, you know, he probably could have saved face a little bit. Uh, 41 people remain unaccounted for, the officials say. So that's that's the shame. That is awful. Sunday, January 15th, South Korean honeymooners, both 29, are rescued from their cabin in perfect condition. So this is overnight. The ship's safety officer, Mar- Mauricio Gian Petronini is evacu- evacuated with a broken leg. Rescuers spent hours trying to reach him after hearing his voice echoing through the ship. So this is a freaking dramatic rescue going on here. They're running around the ship. The captain's long gone, and people are looking for people, and they could hear people screaming throughout the ship. And this guy, uh, Mauricio, uh, Maria Mauricio, is more than lucky, man. Uh, the prosecutor in charge of investigating the disaster says that Captain Shatino left the stricken vessel well before the last passengers were evacuated in violation of international code. So you are not supposed to leave your ship if you know there are any souls whatsoever on board. Uh, the death toll from the disaster rises to five as two more bodies were found. One victim was identified as Spanish, another as Italian. The ship's owner, Costa Crociere, accuses Captain Shero Chatino of having made errors of judgment and failing to follow emergency procedures. Um, 
So now we're on Monday, January 16th. A sixth body is found in the wreckage of the ship. Italian Environment Minister Corrado Clini says says he fears an environmental disaster uh, is around the shipwreck. Following the conflicting information, the head of the Italian Coast Guard, Marco Brusco, confirms that 29 people, four crew, which are four crew members and 25 passengers, are still unaccounted for. Carnival Corp., who, as you guys know, is the parent company of Costa, uh, estimates the cost of the disaster at 85 to $95 million. And I guess that's really irrelevant when you're talking about the lives of you know 30 people still unaccounted for but they do mention that in this article the news sent shares of the u.s based group plunging about 14 percent so carnival not costa so carnival corporation as a whole shares went down 14 percent and honestly i'm surprised they didn't go down more italy's biggest newspaper Correa della sera says captain Shatino brought the ships close to giligo's island rocky shores to play Please the head waiter who originates from this island. Oh, wow. So he was trying to do a favor for the, you know, you got to like that about him. If all things were equal and there's no problem getting close to the island. And this is the head waiter who was originally from this island and he wants to get a look at his homeland. Sure. But not if there's freaking rocks there and there's a danger or and the cruise ship might sink. The boss of the Costa... Uh, the boss of Costa, Pierre Luigi Foschi, said Fashi. Pierre Luigi Fashi says the sinking of the cruise liner was the result of inexplicable error by the captain. He also pays tribute to the members of the crew who helped rescue passengers by saying they behaved like heroes. And Pierre is absolutely right about that. And uh, man, God bless those people. Bad weather forces dry, uh, divers to temporarily temporarily halt the search for survivors in the wreckage before resuming a few hours later. The UN's Maritime Agency says it may re-examine international safety regulations for large passenger ships in the wake of this disaster. A taped telephone call uh, conversation reveals that Captain Shatino did not respond to an order, here we go, from a port official to return on board to oversee the rescue operations. So, there it is right there. There were people on the ship rescuing people. Uh, the captain is the captain, and he's supposed to be there to make sure everybody gets off the ship, and he is supposed to be on that ship as long as one person is there, and he did not do that. All right, so Tuesday, the next day after that, we're talking about January 17th here. The Italian Coast Guards reveal the nationalities of the of the missing. 14 Germans, 6 Italians, 4 French, 2 Americans, a Hungarian, a Peruvian, and an Indian. Uh, pumping the fuel from the Costa Concordia will take at least three weeks, uh, the head of the Dutch company in charge of the operation says. Over 70 passengers from the luxury liner join a class action against the owner, uh, Consumer Rights Association. Uh, five more bodies are found, bringing the confirmed death toll to 11. Italian prosecutors ask Italian prosecutors asked the judge to keep Captain Shatino in custody. Captain Shatino denies abandoning the ship. Well, that's a tough sell, Captain. Uh, judge Valeria Montesherio rules that Shatino should be released from prison but under house arrest while he awaits trial on accusations of manslaughter and abandoning ship while passengers were still on board. So... That's where it kind of ended up. He did end up going to jail and uh, disgraced 
as far as his profession goes. And the Costa Concordia disaster is, you know, in the history of maritime in general, let alone cruising in general, remains one of the worst disasters at sea and probably by far the worst disasters in the last the worst disaster in the last 50 years or so. I just say that to people, everybody who's, you know, afraid of cruising, you know, as, as awful as that was, it's like, why are you, this is the one, you know, you got one, you know, well, it's safer on an airplane because, you know, there's, I get it, but there's, you know, the crash a year or something like that, God forbid, knock on wood, cruising is safe, man, it really is, and even this one, when the ship completely sinks, um, you know, out of 4,000 people, the you, we unfortunately, awfully, horrifically did lose 30, but, you know, you lost 30, whereas if there's a plane coming out of the sky, you, you're likely not. Well, I don't know why I'm into this. I don't know why I'm comparing air travel versus cruising just because I just remember that's what came out. When it did come out and I was hanging out with my family and I'd been shouting cruising from the rooftops, you know, and they would always kind of say, you know, you don't know what could happen at sea. Anything could happen at sea. And then that happened. And then my brother and sister were like, you know, see, you know, this stuff could happen. This is awful, an awful tragedy, and it does happen. Just all right, well, keep in mind, it's one. Since the freaking Titanic, we're talking 100 years. I think there was a couple other ships that went down, right? I, don't, I just remember a lot of the older, older, way older ocean liners, like the Andrea Doria, uh, things like that. They were checking, I think, I remember Geraldo did like an event on TV. It was one of those, you know. Every once in a while, Geraldo Rivera would pop his head up. I remember being in grammar school, grade school, and you know he would be doing something where he's un- unlocking Al Capone's vaults or searching for treasure of the sinking of the Andrea Doria. I just remember these things. I don't know some of the older listeners. Do you guys go back that far and remember listening to some of that? But yeah, really, uh, cruising is safe, man. But that was an awful, awful, awful disaster. And uh, really pleased we should never forget the people who were involved in that rescue operation and all the people that we lost in that disaster and the people who survived, you know, not, you know, going, probably going through a ridiculous amount of stress. I mean, there were so many children on board. There's another video on YouTube that just kind of does what I just did, but almost in video fashion, not almost actually in video fashion. And you see the kids crying and stuff like that. And you see parents and grandparents rushing to comfort the kids and things like that. And uh, it really is very, very moving. And, uh, man, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that will never happen again. All right, let's shake that off and move on. So we spoke last week about Cunard coming out with a new spa concept on its ships. And this week we want to mention their new steakhouse, which was debuted on the Queen Mary 2. Um that is now set to be launched fleet-wide. It's called Steakhouse at the Veranda. It's the name of the concept, and it will be for a fee, obviously. Since the summer of 2018, the reaction and the reception of the Steakhouse has been very positive, and now the guests of Queen Elizabeth and the Queen Victoria will have this very popular restaurant available to them on all of their sailings. Um, some of the menu items will be a New York strip steak, they're going to have uh, scotch grass-fed dry-aged beef, salt marsh rack, le- uh, rack of lamb, 
and Australian Wagyu beef. Beef. They will also have Alaskan king crab, Maine lobster, and guests will also have several sauces to choose from with their dish as an accompaniment. The proximal veranda bar will offer also uh, also offer a bunch of new specialty cocktails that are designed to be paired with the steaks and uh, go quite nicely with nicely with them. Guests will be able to enjoy the steakhouse for lunch at a cover charge of twenty five dollars per person and thirty nine dollars during the evening. What do you guys think? I know there's a lot of in this day and age there's a lot of people that are veering away from heavy uh, meat friendly dishes and things like that but how are you how is your steak game cones do you guys know what you're hearing when you hear things like dry aged or wet aged or prime choice and things like that let's get into that for a second real quick so I did a little research and I wanted to kind of share some thoughts with you you know steak lovers or you know possible future steak lovers here's some information regarding the aging aging meat is done because it's said to add an elevated level of both flavor and tenderness to the meat one of the few culinary experiences where it is preferred to enjoy the aged version over the fresh version Uh, i'm not a scientist here as you guys know but when you age a steak you are enabling enzymes to naturally get into the steak break down its muscle tissue tissue so it can become more tender uh, more flavorful as well there are two ways to age meat and that is both wet and dry so dry uh, again you have to realize it has to be done carefully you want to age the meat but you have to make sure it doesn't spoil right so what you want is for the blood in the muscle to oxidize and as it's exposed to air what this is going to do is darken the meat and the flavors are going to become more complex. They're going to, it's going to have a little bit more of a sweetness to it. And it's going to taste a little bit more nutty. Now, two potential disadvantages when you're talking about dry aging. Now, dry aging is by most experts the preferred way to do it. But, you know, if you're going to, you know, we're going to split hairs here. The uh, And hopefully you don't want to bring up hair when you're talking about food because that's a disaster, right? Uh, the two disadvantages to dry aging steak uh, are loss of moisture because that's what we want when you're when you're eating meat. Pretty much, you want to have that kind of moist. We want some little moisture in it. And everybody hates that word, right? One day, somebody said it's cool to hate the word moist, and then all of a sudden. Everybody had to jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, I hate the word moist. Can you guys hear that in the background? I apologize if you do. I have the window open because it's just a South Florida beautiful winter afternoon. Actually, morning right now. And uh, I had the window open. Uh, But, you know, unfortunately, as it will happen, uh, it's a long, long away from the sirens of New York City. But I guess there are some sounds of Florida, too. And there is a uh, trash compactor being emptied right behind me. And uh, I do apologize for that noise. I'm sure it won't last too long. All right. I stepped away for a second because that garbage truck got a little too close for comfort. And it was very, very loud. Didn't want to subject you to that. So we're talking about right now the two disadvantages to dry aging a steak, which overall, let's keep in mind, is the better way to do it, dry aging. But if we're talking about disadvantages, the two of them are the yield is going to go down a little bit because of the decreased, decreased moisture. So a moist moisture escapes. So that's going to make it a little bit more that could you could risk it being coming dry. And also because of that, it actually gets uh, a little smaller in that process as well. So two of the disadvantages and you want to make sure because of those two things happening, less moisture and a little bit smaller, you want to make sure 
that you are not overcooking any steak that's dry aged. That's a definite big risk there. And a way to combat that, a couple of ways, is make sure you uh, may want to baste your steak with some clarified butter or even olive oil during its quick grilling process. So that's the dry age way to do it. You also have the wet age, which is also like a vacuum version. Uh, In this process, the meat has been vacuum sealed, so no air gets in. Now, all the blood and the natural juices are the agents that break it down, not air. So it's not necessarily as effective, but it does uh, marinate the steak and it does contribute to the overall aging process. The downfall is you're going to lose a little bit of flavor. In fact, you might actually get a little bit of a metallic or sour taste when it's, um, you know, because it's, you guys know blood. Blood is, uh, is has a lot of metal in it, copper and things like that. You know, listen, it's going to be delicious either way you do it. We're talking very subtle differences here, but it is there. Um, the advantage of the wet age is that the steak does not become dehydrated, so it does retain its moisture and you don't have to worry about it shrinking, so you get that full piece of steak as well. Both of these techniques will make a steak taste much better than a fresh cut that hasn't been aged at all. When you really become an expert, then you're going to start noticing the difference between uh, you know, uh, grain versus grass-fed beef and things like that. Uh, that's pretty much about it. Next time on the Vegan Hour with Tommy, we break down the anatomy of a meatball. Did you guys know I make a really good meatball? You guys got to try my meatballs one day. I won an award one time. We actually had a battle. You know, the company I used to work for used to be so much fun. One of the other general managers, she has this meatball recipe from her grandmother. I always prided myself on making the world's best meatball, which I really don't, but I just kind of like threw it out there and said it. So I would always just say, my meatballs are really, really good. And she's like, well, your meatballs aren't as good as mine. I said, well, we're going to have to find that out. So the boss has even sanctioned this. Sunday, we went into one of our restaurants at the early hours where there was no brunch, so we didn't really have much of a crowd to speak of, if any. And we had a meatball battle. And me against Gina. And uh, we went head-to-head with meatballs. And uh, we did three different categories. One was strictly the meatball. You had to taste nothing but the ball on itself had to stand on its own. Category two was a traditional meatball in red sauce. And then category three was a creative, new-aged, hipster-style meatball or a meatball that is just kind of like done, you know, just in a little bit of a more creative way. And, uh, yeah, your boy took... home the trophy took home the crown and uh i ended up being the uh the meatball winner for that day uh there we go a little oversharing who cares right all right with that said let's take it over to the main topic for the show which is our interview beatrix's interview with me let's go All right, ladies and gentlemen, back by popular demand, the lovely, talented, you might want to say intoxicating, Beatrix is here. Hey, Beatrix, how you doing? Hi, Cones. (laughs) Hey, Tommy. How's it going? So here we are. We're at the K-Compound, and Beatrix is over here, second trip to the K-Compound, and uh, we just want to get her in here because we're going to do a little cruise chatter. She said she had some uh, game or some more questions, some follow-up questions, because if you don't remember, just to update you, for the new cones who haven't gotten a chance to go and listen to the back episodes, Beatrix went to Havana. We reviewed her trip to Havana. We're going to talk about that a little bit, Cuba, maybe, because I don't think we've spoken about Cuba since we've both been there, right? No, we haven't. Yeah. So we'll do that a little bit. So uh, 
she did a rapid fire thing on me. So first of all, she was apprehensive about coming on. She was like, oh, I don't like my voice, my accent, this and that. It's all crap because she's got a lovely voice and uh, she's got a great accent. And really even, it's just a hint of it. It's barely detectable. So she flipped it on me. So when she came in, she had a bunch of questions and then she started asking me these questions and I was like, wow. So you went from not even, you were, you, you went from being apprehensive about coming on the podcast to actually taking over the podcast and i think she's gonna do the same today right no no chance i'm not taking over you ask the questions i answer wait i ask the questions whatever questions leading up to our game okay all right well see i still don't know what's going on this is actually beatrix's show right now she's in charge um she's not we went to we so the first thing was she went to cuba and i hadn't been to cuba so i had a bunch of questions about cuba now i've been to cuba and we've both have been to Cuba. Shout out to everybody who has been to or wants to go to Cuba. And uh, let's talk some Cuba. So now I have a little bit of a visual for what you were talking about. And I will say this again. This is a little repetitive. But that was the thing of me going to Cuba leading up. I was like, everybody just says it's old. There's no toilet paper. There's no lighting. There's uh, no internet. But you're going to love it. Uh, there's no beach. There's no this. But you're gonna love. I'm like, how? What am I gonna love? How am I gonna love it? There's nothing. There's, there's nobody describes this to me in a way that I'm gonna love. But then yet I'm supposed to love it. Uh, and then they just said you have to just go and feel it. You have to see it. You have to experience it. And uh, I gotta say you were right. Did you love it? I absolutely did love it. I'm definitely wanting to go back. You know, when you're there, have you experienced this when you go on a cruise or go on any travel vacation or wherever? You do know you love being there and you love it. However, you don't really know it until you leave and like you kind of want to go back because you just start remembering things and your mind processes things that you saw and you heard things maybe from people while you were there and you don't you have an appreciation you love it while you're there but you really want to go back. You know what I'm saying? I do and I do want to go back. However, when I travel, I always say to myself there's so many beautiful places in this world that going back to a place is really not worth it. Spend your money and spend your vacation time on new places. Uh, Havana is one of those places where I would probably go back. I'm actually thinking about maybe going on a cruise and go to Havana. We yeah. were looking up cruises. But there aren't very many places where I would go back. I would love to. I just simply don't have the vacation time and the money that I would need to go back to certain places. That's an interesting way to look at it. An interesting kind of like contrasting opinion because I don't think I feel the same way. What you just said, I totally understand. I get it completely. Why go back to a place that you've been because you've seen it and there's so many other places out there. And I've never really heard anybody say that or verbalize it like that, even though it makes so much sense. I definitely will say that I have a a different opinion of it. I think that there's just as much and no one there's no right or wrong one person is not right or wrong but uh i feel like i like to get more out of a place the more you know about a place the more you're going to get out of it which is why i love saint thomas so much and you know every time i go to saint thomas there's more i want to see yeah we do the mountaintop bar crawl and that's a standard but then you know i'll have spent some time in red hook that i never did or i'll locate a place that i like that i haven't been to or one of the beaches they have so many beautiful beaches there i haven't been to like i still haven't done the crown jewel from what everybody says excursion in St. Thomas, which is the uh, day trip to St. John at Trunk Bay Beach. I do want to get to that, but I just haven't gotten to it. So I kind of like, and you know those people, you know those people that you you must know them. They have a vacation spot and they just go. Yeah. 
So yeah. I totally get both sides, but that's, I guess, in that way we're different. What was, the, if you do go back to Havana and if you had to pick some things that you wanted to do that maybe you didn't do, what would you want to do? I don't think I spent enough time exploring the that street, the ocean side street. Yeah. What's that called? I'm not sure. I forgot. Oh, I forgot. That's yeah. That's called something. But it's yeah. Where the sunset is, and there's yes. musicians, and yeah. everybody's out there in the evening when the sun sets. Right. And um, so I would definitely want to spend some time there. I feel like my trip was kind of rushed. I I really only spent a couple of days there, so I would like to to just walk the streets a little more and maybe venture out a little bit. Um, I heard about this ocean town, Veradero. I think it's called. Okay. And I would go there, but ocean and beach to me again is one of those things which I have at my doorstep in Fort Lauderdale. So I don't necessarily want to spend a day sitting on the beach or, or walking on the beach. I know it sounds a little bit weird, but it's in our everyday life. So I don't waste my time going to the beach. I don't need beach days. I have them in Fort Lauderdale. Makes That's sense. why everybody should move to a beach town. And that way you can actually explore the world and explore cities for what they're worth and not spend a day suntanning on the beach somewhere beautiful. Beatrix feels very, very strongly about the beach. I agree. I, I do love it here. I mean, it's like... Uh, I, I'm I'm tortured. I'm a tortured soul because I like both. I have a passion for New York City, and there's an energy about New York City that, yeah, I mean, the only real problem I have with New York City is just, well, the expensiveness of it and also just getting from one place to the other at certain times. However, there's an energy in New York City that is just unmatched by anything else. The, the, the culture and things you can get, you can get whatever type of cuisine you want at any time time of the day night or evening which suits well for me not as much you because i am a kind of 24-hour guy so i do understand why that doesn't necessarily appeal to you but i love being able to be at like two in the morning and getting them some of the best chinese food at wohop you'll ever have or the best slice of pizza that's just me but getting back to cuba for a second um i did i did feel that it was strange there was it was very hard it's really hard to describe and i and i will say that it was just when you get off the ship you definitely feel, and the word is not hostile, but I just felt like it was definitely, you know, you go to San Juan and it's friendly and everything's great and everything's kind of built up to tourism standards and same thing with St. Martin and the same thing with Cozumel, Mexico and everything is welcome, sir. You know, Cuba did have a little bit of a different feel. It wasn't necessarily, you could tell these people are not just walking around to wait on you and cater to you hand and foot. That's kind of what I, I, I kind of felt off of it. And, and, I, and I also didn't think that um, I actually felt for the first time I was kind of going into someone else's country. Did you get that vibe at all or no? Yeah, it's not very touristy. It doesn't have all the touristy aspects that any other town has when you go travel in, in like modern countries and modern cities. Yeah. You feel as a tourist that there are things that are catered for you and to you. But in Cuba, it's just like they live their everyday life. And if you if you get there, you're welcome to be there, but they're not going to bend over backwards for you. They just carry on with their everyday life and you can you can just mix in with them. Exactly. One thing I felt too is that they, they, they and somebody said they were very nice people. 
And you said that too, right? I think so. I agree Didn't with you. Did you get that feeling? I did get that feeling, but they want your money. They definitely want your money. Even the people, like any anybody that's walking into that hole, and I don't know the route yet. Like I know my Saint, uh, San Juan route. I know, I can't even tell you the names of the streets. I just know, and who was it? Oh, shoot. I wish I remembered who put that post up. Um and they asked me to draw a map. Did you see that post? No, I didn't. Somebody I did on my last podcast. I talked about this, uh, or no, I did on the um, the cruise companion for Thelma and Matt. I talked about San Juan, and I said I didn't know the streets, but I'm telling you, when you get off the ship, go straight, mix around in the city a little bit, and then when you can't go anymore, go left, and then hug the coast going left. So you get to the fort and then come around to the other coast and walk back to the ship, hugging the other coast. So then someone put on the podcast, Tommy, can you, uh, here's a map. Can you draw your walking route? <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I, and I did. So I got that same feeling in Cuba a little bit, whereas I don't know it as well. We got off the ship and we went left. And that was the problem. So like you could definitely tell that if you go left, it's where a lot of the city and the touristy stuff, the things to see kind of start to disappear very quickly within a couple of blocks. And we didn't really know what to do. So we walked left. So we left, uh, what is it called? San Francisco, right? You walked uh, the cruise port and the the, um, the plaza. So we walked straight a little bit. Then we made a left. And then there was really nothing going on. And then we made another left going back to where I guess the coast is to where to where the cruise ship was and then we just got in a double decker bus but we spent like a good hour and a half two hours just walking around in where there was nothing and if we had just made a right we didn't know if we just so we didn't find that out until we got on the double decker bus now I really appreciated the double decker bus it was hot as hell the tour was in complete Spanish and there was barely any speakers working on the bus. So all we hear was just like crackling Spanish showing us where things were. Good for them. They don't have to cater to us. You know, I, just, I have no problem with that. But, you know, we we saw everything in that regard. And we saw, you know, the Revolution Square. We saw the cemetery. We saw what you were just talking about. And I don't know what it's called, that coastline area where it's like, you, you know, kind of people hang out and kind of congregate for the sunset and things like that. Uh, I should know what that's called. But I, I should too. Yeah. And I do know. It just doesn't come to mind. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a very well-known area. But then we realized when they went all the way around the island, oh, if we would have literally gotten off the cruise ship and just made a right instead, we would have seen all the things that we wanted to see, which was the town square, all the shops, um, what was Floridita, uh, all the all the all the town square. Oh, and we got out, and that was the one thing I was obsessed with when I watched that Anthony Bourdain special. I was I'm a big baseball guy, and the fact that there was a town square area where people have a license to stand in the park and argue about baseball. I was like, that has to be fake. You didn't see that, did you? I didn't, but I saw your recording, so yeah. it was quite funny. To oh, actually. yeah, I put a, I've had a video of it. I, I was like, this has to be something for the TV, or you know what, maybe they do it once in a while, and he happened to get a footage of it. It was incredible. Randomly, I didn't know where to go to find it. I knew I wanted to see it, but I don't know if I was going to necessarily seek it out. And, you know, because I knew the other two guys I was with could care less about that, but I wanted to see it. But so luckily, we literally got off the, the, the hop on and hop off bus, and I just heard people screaming like at each other loudly. And I saw it in the square, and it was the exact square. I don't know if I didn't recognize the people, but there was like five or six people just animatedly arguing with each other 
and it had to be it was because that was the area where it was i don't know what they were saying but i heard a couple of names and i heard a couple of people watching and taking pictures of it so i was like that's it that's but it, it right wasn't there. staged or anything no it was real it's like real life stuff right? no because me and my friends will do that all the time like we'll get together and we'll just be like how can you argue about barry sanders is one of our big topics me and my friend John. John's Barry Sanders, best all time best running back. My feeling on Barry Sanders is that he's most maybe the most talented, but you don't want to give him the ball on third down and three because he can't, you know, grind out those three yards for you. He'll never be able to do that. I know I'm completely losing you right now, but totally. we got a big game today: the Chiefs versus the um, uh, so big I can't remember the Colts. Big quarterback matchup. All right, so getting back to Cuba. So what were your favorite things? Again, what would you say you loved about Cuba that that you definitely would make you go back and do again? Well, one thing before I get to that is that I was lucky in that regard that our hotel was in the downtown area of Havana. It was right across the street from the Floridita. That's what I was going to ask you too because when you said that you came on, you you said there was good hotels, bad hotels, like nice hotels, faraway hotels, luxurious ones. And then... I, I did remember when I was there, I saw some of these places. They looked really, really nice. Yeah. The one we stayed at was really nice. It was the Kempinski Hotel in downtown Havana, yeah. uh, diagonally across the street from the Florida. Right. And at the reception, they gave us a map and they kind of drew in the, the squares and the sites for us. So we followed what we were told to do. Yeah. Um, and we did see almost everything that's worth seeing in Havana. That's why I'm kind of hesitant to spend money and time on going back. But your sailing video is what got me. Oh, yeah. And that's why I'm thinking or I was thinking to go back because I kind of do want to see that. That sailing video you posted a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. On Instagram. Always be booked. Instagram. Check it out. Um, <laughs> that, that, no, no, but. I, well, now that you say that, you're right because you did. You didn't. Beatrix didn't cruise into. You you stayed for how long? Three days. Yeah. So I guess that's a little bit of a different story. And I would say that if you stay any place for three days, and that's probably a lot of my mentality too. Why I like going back because I didn't. I didn't spend three days. I don't spend three days in places when I cruise. You know what I mean? I spend a couple of days. And I got to give credit to Beatrix too because me and. I, you guys know how I cruise. I like to booze. I like to get after it. We get drunk. We get, uh, we we're partying deep into the night. Now I wanted to go with Beatrix on the Harmony of the Seas, <laughs> and I knew full well that this was not going to be that same type of cruise. Guys, don't. This is between me and you. Don't repeat this to anybody else. Okay, this is only for the not for the. I didn't even get the drink package. I don't even want to say that out loud, but there was no drink package. We had some drinks. We got a, we got a couple on board too. Um, I don't know how that happened, but we got a couple on board. But it was a great time. But the thing I'll, I'll say about Beatrix, and we were talking about this in the group too, Beatrix is going to make you go on an adventure, and <laughs> and I was appreciative of that because it's that type of thing where once you get there, you're so glad you did it. But if Beatrix wasn't there. It's not a guarantee that I would have done it. So I do appreciate you for that. And oh, that was fun. Thank you. It's it's the non-drinking. <laughs> the non-drinking does help. Absolutely. Where well, you're a little bit uh, apt to wake up a little bit later. I was up at late. I was late. I was up late at night, though, trying to put these little videos together. I just, even though I had been on the Oasis before, I just. Those, Harmony. Yeah. I'd been on the Oasis before. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's a it's similar class. It's the same class, although the Harmony is a, a little bit of a step up. But it's very, very subtle, you know the differences but it's just such a 
amazing ship and that's how i love cruising you know i just get so fascinated by these ships and want to capture so much video and bring it back to you but that was a great day at coba that was really oh that was awesome i just saw the thread and yeah. the always be booked cruisers lounge somebody brought up coba i have such fond memories from that day yeah and that trip and the cenote and the, the actual ruin and the trip and everything. I'm, I'm so glad we ended up doing that and we chose that. So on that note, if anybody has the opportunity to do Koba as a day excursion, don't miss it. It's so worth it. Yeah, it's, it's simple. It's three ways. You can you got, you know, if you're going to go to, although by the way, just, just, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm like hesitant to recommend anybody to go there now because you're just seeing there was little, inklings of it before you see little things about the violence that goes on there and then you just it's like i'm sure it's safe and i'm sure these are isolated incidents that are kind of like blown up out of proportion but at the same time there's like shootouts going on in playa del carmen and things like that it's you see that news article right you show you showed it to me and yeah. it's quite scary it's actually playa del carmen yeah so said. yeah that was not very comforting and, and, and if i told you this I don't know if you remember, but a ferry got blown up there. Yeah. Blown well, up. That ferry alone is not very safe, I don't think. Yeah, I, I was kind of afraid when we were taking the ferry over the ferry's from a nice Cozumel little... to Playa del Carmen, but yes. it's it's not really the safest mean of transportation, I don't think. Well, what do you mean safe? I don't know. There were just way too many people jammed on a very small ferry. It was no. just tipping all over the place. No, Beatrix. I, I it's like the freaking uh, Staten ferry. Island Ferry. It's the same thing. So as far as just danger from like the way they, they shuttle you across, no, it's like a subway on a, sh- on a boat. So I don't, have, I don't have a problem with that. When you say unsafe, I agree with that in terms of just, it's just a lot of cartel wars and, and, sh- and shit's going on there that just is not, you know, not good. There's a six on six shootout, right? Or saw it, yeah. That was freaky, and uh, you know, you gotta believe that these cruise uh, companies are gonna do their research and their investigations, and they're not gonna take you into a, a, sh- a port that's not safe. And hopefully, these are isolated incidents because you gotta think how many cruise ships are going there, how many days out of the week, how many weeks out of the month, year, so and so forth. So incidents here and there happen but they're not going to put you in harm's way well i mean the ferry blew up i get (laughs) that but the cruise line will be looking out i mean the cruise line ideally will look out for everything but you know that's the biggest to me that's the the biggest uh misconception in this world when people talk about safe spaces and things like that and being safe and i want to say first of all just understand there's no such thing as you're completely safe ever Anywhere. Anywhere, 100%. That's kind of like a reason why maybe you do want to go because whatever. Shit's going to happen. Shit's going to happen. But that sucked. That that sucked. The the drive was a little rough because it was was a little hot. The AC wasn't working as well as maybe it could have. But, you know, it was nice. The drive was the only little semi-rough part of it. But overall, 100% worth it. You made a friend that day too, didn't you? Who? The guy who was walking with you about the conspiracy theories. Oh, (laughs) I forgot about that. I did forget about that. Yes, but I did break away from him fairly quickly. And I broke away from him long before you did. Yeah, I was a little bit more polite and I listened and listened, but for 20 minutes. So there was this guy on his own. Yeah, he had a backpack and you could tell he was just a traveler and he was a conspiracy theorist and he had all these uh, kind of theories on things. And I know you, Beatrix. I know you. (laughs) 
you don't have any tolerance for that. I know in your mind you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But you engage. That, that's your problem. You're like, I don't agree with you. I'm like, no, 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 no. You were like uh, yeah. done in then, five minutes. Yeah, there's three of us even. walking, and all of a sudden, you know what? Uh, my legs are getting tired. I'm going to slow down a little bit here. And all of a sudden, Beatrix is keeping up with him, and I just kind of like continued to slow down. I'm like, I am not listening to this guy. And I'm like, I kind of felt bad for you because I knew what you, I could tell this guy was just going to lay a bunch of crap on you, not unlike the guy when I was painting. It and took the, me a little longer yeah. to break away from him, yeah. but I did break away from him, and then I you just did. left him behind eventually. How, how good was that that tour guide, too? The tour guide was awesome, and the road itself and the journey wasn't bad right. in, in a sense of like Jamaica type of bad, where it's windy roads and bad roads. It was more like the distance. Cones, if you could have seen Beatrix... When we went to Jamaica, and, <laughs> and we were going to the Bob Marley tour, and I'll say the same thing about that, that was worth it. For me, that was worth it, too, because I'm a music guy, I'm a history guy, you know, things like that, and I'm kind of like a nerd in that regard, and although Bob Marley has never been my favorite artist, even with reggae, he's not like, you know, up in my top 10 or anywhere close, but his influence and him as a, a culture figure, a cult figure, and a, and a person of history... I was fascinated by it, and you see all the references. The music I do like, a lot of the rap music, they just refer to him and the Mount Zion and you know things like that. And getting up there and kind of being in that area, totally to me, was worth it. But the we got wrapped up. Shout out to Suja, um, if she's listening. Uh, we got wrapped up in with this tour guide that broke his way. He, he, he forced his way into our Facebook group, and he would just kind of throw out these little uh, advertisements. Uh, in the Facebook group leading up to the cruise. And we were just, I would entertain him. I'd go, well, how much for this? Well, how much for this? And he would, so finally we ended up working out a deal with another couple, uh, Suja and her husband. And we uh, ended up on this uh, tour. I was pissed. Let's get that out of the way. The elephant in the room. I was, I threw a temper tantrum because the guy came at me with some story about not being able to go to Dun River Falls because it was supposed to be a combo. He blamed the freaking weather when it was, didn't even rain a drop the whole day. He just didn't want to fit it in to the tour. He wanted to lock us into that price, and he just and he had also didn't tell us he was picking up another couple from a carnival cruise in Ocho Rios when we were at Falmouth. Either way, neither here nor there. This ride, and I'll give it to you, it was it was treacherous. It was seemingly on a road that was clearly made for for to be one way as far as width. But for some reason, it was two ways. It was a two-way road. <laughs> and mountainous, uphill, downhill, winding roads, you blind spots everywhere. And this guy, you got to get there. So, he's going we, 100 miles an hour. He's going uh, 100. To, it seemed like 100 because of the twists and stuff like that. But this guy was literally just going like 60 through the freaking hills and around corners and on dirt roads and then back onto regular roads. And then you see out of nowhere another bus going the opposite direction doing 60 and then you gotta just you don't see him till the last minute because you're around the bend and then you're dodging it and then you're dodging it and her knuckles were white the whole entire time and i was like yeah we were tossed all over that bus yeah exactly i did not do well with that no at all we i did not do well either and plus i'm coming off the temper tantrum for not being able to go to dun river falls which was the main thing i wanted to do but once we did get there and the tour guide those guys up there are incredible so it's like a whole little village it's uh 
at the at the very top, Mount Zion, and and um, you know, it's like a little bit of a community they have. I think Bob Marley kind of cultivated that whole area to have all his people kind of live there as friends and family, and there a lot of them are still there and they're operating the tours. And these are real deal Rastafarians. I mean, just smoking weed there and bringing out weed, and you know, in full legal on an excursion on a cruise ship excursion. They're just set weed dealers standing there in the middle of the mansion or the whatever the house is, and they're ready to hand you these big fat joints. I'm not a I'm not a weed smoker, neither, neither is Beatrix, but uh, yeah, there was no shame, no hiding it, no nothing, and uh, we got to see a reggae band uh, up there too, and I thought that was cool. I don't know if you liked it as much as I did, but it was okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it would be my first, second, or third pick as a trip. Maybe if fourth? I would go back, maybe fourth. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it was okay. I'm glad I did it, but I think I could pick other trips that would interest me more in Jamaica than that. It was all right. What did you think of the ship, though? Like you've done both. You've done the, the smallest ships in Royal Caribbean's fleet, and you've yeah. done now this, the Harmony. What? What? Now, I have to say, I don't want to lead you, but you have to be impressed with a ship like that. Oh right? yeah, yeah. My first cruise ever was on Enchantment of the Sea. Oof, yeah. I know. And then I've also been on another small ship, The Majesty of yeah. the Seas. Then I've yeah. been on a Norwegian. I don't know if it was. Pearl, maybe I'm not sure, but yeah, hands down, this was the nicest and biggest ship I've ever been on, and I was very impressed. Yeah, I really was impressed. It was absolutely beautiful. I just don't understand, and maybe you can explain this to me. Why is Royal Caribbean building three or four ships that are identical? Like when I watched a sh- uh, a show about the Oasis of the Seas, it looks exactly like the one we've been on. What's the point in building like the carbon copy of of another of a ship? Well, it's a class. They do the class system. I get that, but change it up a little bit. I totally agree. At the end of the day, like I do agree with that. You know, the thing about it is, is I don't know. I don't know who agrees with me. I'm not certainly not going to change the world, but I do agree with that. You know, I think that was more of an older thing where you go on a ship right now. Like, if somebody says to me, "Have you been on the Lord of the Seas?" I have not been on the Lord of the Seas. But I can imagine how it looks like. But I will say I will say yes, pretty much. There's no reason not to say yes. I just did a cruise companion with for Matt and um, and Thelma, and I literally just broke down the ship because I've done the tours. I looked at the tours, and that's the exact same carbon copy as the Oasis. Now it's not exactly the same as Harmony, but the Oasis and the Allure are pretty much spot on, exactly the same. So I could give you a rundown of exactly what you're going to see on the Oasis. I would love for there to be some surprises, even within the... I agree with you 100%. Even with ships of the same class, I realize they're going to be have similar style of names. I realize they're going to be similar in size and capacity and tonnage and things like that. But put a couple of surprises. You know what I mean? Let me go on the... If I've been on the Allure... Okay. If I've been on the Oasis, I'm going on the Allure. I've been on the same ship. It was the same thing pretty much... And, and weirdly enough, with the getaway and the I'm sorry, the breakaway and the escape, even though they're even different classes of ships, it's different. It's uh, it's different. So I want to. Sw- I was very impressed though with the harmony, and yeah. I think that I would only go on big ships now. Compared really? To, yeah, yeah. How that Central Park was. Oh, just- it was absolutely beautiful. I mean, what was I doing on the Enchantment? I ask myself, what was I doing on the Majesty? After this, I would never go back to small ships. So I loved it. You really feel that way, huh? Yeah, one hundred percent. So I don't know because I liked it. I went on the Sky right after you. 
we have right after the harmony mm. and there is things about the sky that i loved and what i loved about the sky is that people you you know where to find people you know what i mean like you meet people and you kind of know where to find them you're not on a cruise ship almost on those big ones it's like you're in a city i mean how many people how many times have we run into the same person never i don't think we did once right never. and no. we, we weren't hard we were out and about the whole time yeah but that that central park is what an experience that is when you're sitting uh, whether it's inside or outside or just kind of hanging out and that um you know the, the 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 greenery and then you see that little bar and then the music comes on and they they pipe in that bird noise and then the violin string quartet starts playing <laughs> it's a cruise this is a cruise ship i can't believe it it was really nice speaking of the harmony of the seas uh switching gears i um got a text yesterday and um it was from a girl i used to hang out with she um her name is victoria i don't know if you remember her but whatever she um is dating somebody now she's been with him for like two years and they are they went on a cruise they went on the harmony of the seas and she texted me asking me for some advice or this and that i gave her some advice she was really really excited she was doing labadee saint martin and san juan i think those three she texted me yesterday Mm -hmm. the text was someone on our cruise died oh geez just letting you know it wasn't me but it will likely be on the news soon. And I said, what happened? Illness? And then she said, they didn't say anything else other than to please give their family respect. And if anyone needs support, to please contact guest services. And if anyone in the crew needs to speak to someone, please let them know. So they announced that over the whole loudspeaker. Oh, geez. Like even for the crew. So I was like, that's not an illness, right? That's like, okay, so... Somebody dies of natural causes, or they have to airlift somebody, which is not so uncommon. This language, it said to me that there was an accident, and this was not expected. Because if it's like, it seemed to me that if a crew needs to speak some to somebody, if they're telling the crew via loudspeaker, if you're not feeling good, based on I guess I felt like that was what somebody saw or something like that. Oh, you think? Yeah, and it was. Um, then I uh, did you find out details? A little bit. Not they never give you full details, but I um texted it to I told Doug, and then Doug was like, "Yeah, shares like same thing." Uh, Doug from CruiseRadio.net, and then he sent me later in the night an article because the, the story had not been out at all whatsoever when she texted me. She texted me in real time, and then he sent me an article. He had found it: passenger on Harmony of the Seas dies after fall. A cruise passenger has reportedly died after falling from the harmony of the seas, according to a passenger who contacted us. This evening, we received an email stating that between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. today, there was a suicide slash accident. I guess it was still unclear on harmony of the seas. Someone fell slash jumped, going with the uh, slashes, uh, jumped and died. Uh, And later in the evening, a guest on the cruise ship tweeted the following. How about we talk about the young passenger that lost their life on the Harmony of the Seas earlier today? It was a teenager. Uh, wait, no. The, par- the passenger was a teenager, although there were accounts that they were in their 50s. They went out there. It's a teenager. And uh, said that the guest died after hitting the pavement. Ooh. So I'm not going to read the story on the air per se because that's not necessarily uh, – I'm just looking at it for the first time now as as far as reading the story. But hitting the pavement, 
So this person jumped off the cruise ship while they were in port. And that's why the trauma probably would. More is going to come out about this clearly. Yeah, I have. I can't even imagine the story. They were in port and he hit the pavement. Was he drunk or what's? The, it, I don't get it. It's probably a suicide, and it probably just somebody that jumped off the ship. They were in port. He probably hit the pier. Or maybe they were drunk. It could have been drunk. I mean, it's they used the word suicide there. It, they didn't say it was an accident. They said accident slash suicide. Usually in those cases, it's somebody who probably you know to me. I don't even even I've been drunk. Uh, if you I've been really drunk on cruise ships. I still maintain that you can't fall off a cruise ship. I mean, you can't say never, but you really can't fall off a cruise ship unless you have you, to go out of your way to you, fall yes, off a cruise ship. Either, you really do. You're either trying or you're doing something really dumb, really dumb. Um all right. So on that note, well, we touched we touched a lot of things here. We, we started did. with Havana, then we went to Coba and Mexico, and then we went to Jamaica, Bob Marley's house, and we didn't even and start the game yet. No, no game yet. Which one do you want to do first? Okay, I have let's, two. Let's let's do the. We'll do you don't know what the other one is. Yeah, so you got to decide. I don't even know the difference between either one of them. Well, I have some rapid fire questions. Okay, so we'll do you. rapid fire first. Let's but do they're that. not that great. They're not as good as the first. Don't one. Don't hedge your bets here, Beatrix. Just, okay. just just do the questions. Come on. And then I have another one for you, which I didn't even tell you what it is yet. But I have, in lieu of a fishbowl, this vase here. I see it. It's and a very pretty vase. Pieces of. Yeah, I have pretty vibes. I thought you were going to bring a flute and a snake was going to pop out of it. There's pieces of paper in there and you're going to pick one. Yeah. And you're going to read what's on that paper. I am? Yeah. Really? Yeah. We can okay. call that name like, pronounce it Tommy maybe? Okay. Oh, this is a pronunciation game. This is, okay, so this second part, wow. Beatrix but there's is a coming. lot. there's a lot of pieces of paper in there. You don't have to do all of them she's today. Coming, Just pick five. She's coming on my show to embarrass <laughs> me about trying to pronounce things. So the first part is rapid fire. She did this last time, unbeknownst to me. She told me right before. Go ahead. I have to get my phone. Okay. So last time, just to catch everybody up, Beatrix... Came in. She told me she was going to do this at our our brunch right before we actually did it. And she said, I have a bunch of questions for you on the show. And they're rapid fire. You cannot think about it. You cannot expand on your answer, even though we cheat a little bit sometimes with that. But for the most part, it's just rapid fire. She's going to throw basically a couple of choices. And I have to uh, decide between the two rapid fire uh, style. And if you haven't heard it, check out uh, the Havana Beatrix episode. A few back. It was a very, very popular episode. One of the more popular episodes ever done. Hopefully, this might be the same. We'll see. All right, Beatrix, the floor is yours. All right. We'll do rapid fire first. Okay. I have 20 questions. 20 questions. Let's do it. And begin. All right. You know the rules, right? This or that. This or that. Okay. Coco K or stir up K? Coco K. You're going to get into explanations later if you want. Flamingo Beach in Aruba or Dun River Falls in Jamaica? Oh, I've never done River Falls because I've never done it. You've Have you done the Flamingo Beach? Oh, no, but I've seen it. I've went to the hotel. I went to the... Uh, no, actually, so... Yeah, all right. I will, st- I will absolutely say Dun River Falls either way. Okay. Awful Royal Caribbean spy movie muster drill or old school in-person tutorial? Oh, so you got to explain that. So when we went on the Oasis, they don't put you in a muster drill scenario. They Everybody's got to have this brilliant, genius, freaking new age thing where they're going to make the muster drill experience fun now. Let me tell you something. Complete fail. 
they put this awfully produced video. It was produced very well, actually. The production was great. But the concept and the plot and the whole thing was just to kind of get you to know about your mustard drill. No, just no. don't pretend we're going to like that. Save your money. Save the time. Save the effort. And just get us through a 20-minute mustard drill and let us get to our cruise, please. Um so that or a regular, I would say regular mustard drill. Me too. I hated every second about that, that spy so movie. Awful. It did not catch my attention whatsoever. Trying too hard. Yeah, agreed. Next one. Birthday cruise or New Year's Eve cruise? Ooh, New Year's Eve cruise. I'm not a big birthday guy. All right. The Super Bowl is around your birthday every year. Oh, so Super Bowl cruise or New Year's Eve cruise? Yeah, so I'm, 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 I enjoy the Super Bowl, but you know, and yeah, I like my birthday when it happens and I'm around people I'm close to. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm not, I'm not wanting for my birthday to get here. That stops at 25 for me. <laughs> um, still New Year's, yeah. Okay, souvenir, shot glass or hot sauce? Ooh, see, you guys. Beatrix, this is why she's such a good friend. She's such a good friend and such a good listener because this is. This is tough. Oh, she's actually, as she points to it, she's actually wearing the one of the first ever Always Be Booked t-shirts. So she's got that merch. And if you check the Facebook group, you will see she is the model. She probably didn't want me <laughs> to tell you that, but she is the model. I didn't even know. She just kind of went to the store. The store's been up for like a couple of months now, but it's not perfected. She just got very uh, proactive and wanted to get a shirt, so she didn't went ahead and got one. But um. So hot sauce or shot glass? I'm going to say that's, that's a really, really close one, and that might be the best one you've ever done. Ooh. That might be the best question because it's very, very hard to pick. I will have to say shot glass only because shot glass is forever. The hot sauce runs out. Okay. All right. Next one. Miss the ship or lose 2K in the casino? So I have to, which one would I rather do? Yeah. Lose $2,000 or miss the ship? The, the the miss the ship one depends. That's a big. That's you can't just say miss the ship. If you say miss the ship in St. Thomas, I'll say thank you very much. But, <laughs> um, Honduras, maybe I might fork over the two k. Uh, but in general, that's another good one. Who do you? How do you think of this crap? I don't know. This is good. Lose two thousand dollars in the casino or miss the ship. I will have to overall say, because of my lack of flying ability, I will say lose 2K in the casino. Okay. Oh, yeah. You don't fly. So you'd yeah. be screwed if you're stuck somewhere. St. Thomas or San Juan, I'm probably fine. I would fly that type of stuff. Or you would just stay. Or I would just stay. <laughs> yeah. Or I would just, if I was St. Thomas, I could take a freaking, I, I, I'm such a whack job. I haven't investigated this crap. In St. Thomas, you can get a ferry. In San Juan, San Juan, you can get a ferry to St. Thomas and back and forth. So if I got stuck in St. Thomas, I can get a ferry to San Juan. And there's some cruises that can get me from San Juan to Miami. All right. Next one. Sunset or sunrise? Sunset, definitely. I pick sunrise. God, I, know you I love I know those you coffee mornings in the little beehive on Harmony. Oh, that was your thing. Oh, God, I loved it. So Man, if you, if you murdered somebody... Beatrix, they would not be hard to find at freaking <laughs> six o'clock in the morning. She went to that. Uh, she went to this. Um, what's it called? The uh, solarium, the adults only solarium. Found that little clamshell, eggshell, beehive, whatever you want to call it. She had her coffee and she was watching. You know, just watching the sun come up, and that sounds beautiful. It just you know, very hit or miss whether I'm up that early or not. If I'm up that early, it's usually because it's the, from the night before. All right, sunset for you. Uh, cash or CPAS tips. For crew. CPAS. 
Stairs or elevators? Elevators. Hiking excursion or day at the beach? Definitely hiking excursion. Agreed. Poker or blackjack? I don't know how to play poker whatsoever at all. I never have blackjack easy. Breakfast buffet or a la carte? Oh, that's a tough one too because oh, that's a tough one. All right, I'm just but there's really nothing to explain us. I just have to decide, which is taking a minute. Buffet or just sit down. The quality on the sit down is better and they have different options. Like when I got that freaking on Carnival, Carnival does great sea day brunches with the um the Fruit Loop encrusted French toast. It was so good. Uh but the buffet, you can kind of just design your own breakfast, sit where you want, eat where you want. I'm going to go slight edge buffet. Beatrix, off topic. I feel like in, in Cohen's, let me know, these freaking, all the dining is starting to take longer than it usually does. That's kind of turning me off to the dining a little bit. They capitalize literally two hours of your time when you're sitting down and trying to dine. So that's why I'm like veering away from the dining rooms a little bit. All right, sorry, go ahead. I do like the experience, though, and I do like to be served. I do, too. I just wish it would just be a little faster. Like, there's shows going on. There's things going on. I want to go from the piano bar to the freaking, uh, to the comedy club, to the nightclub, to the, but meanwhile, you're just sitting there two hours sometimes on on the horizon, on the carnival horizon. Beautiful ship. You just, we just sat there for so long. It took up so much of our time. Go ahead. All right. Next one. This drives me crazy, actually. I hear it both ways. Pronunciation. Caribbean or Caribbean? I say Caribbean. Me too. Yeah. Ferry ride from Cozumel to Playa del Carmen or car car ride with Duca Brown to Bob Marley's house in Jamaica? Duca Brown. Shout out to Duca Brown. Uh, we did tell him about the podcast. I'm not sure if he ended up subscribing or not. I think he's not. listening. Probably not. Um, easily the ferry to Playa del Carmen, provided uh, we don't get blown up. Yes, of course. That's a big one. Uh, Freeport Bahamas or Nassau Bahamas? Nassau easily. I love both of those are sleeper underrated ports, uh, but Nassau, yeah. I like Freeport more. Oh, I have to tell you this, or maybe your listeners, you know this. I took the little uh, express ferry from Fort Lauderdale to Freeport once. Yes, and we're going to do that, by the way, just not to cut you off. We're going to do a show on Fort Lauderdale. Oh, we are? Yeah. Okay, like a port profile type thing? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. But so describe that experience, the ferry. Uh... It's called the Baleria Express or something like that. Baleria. That's what that is? Yeah. Because I've seen them there. I didn't know what the hell that was. Is that like a mini broke-ass cruise ship? Is it, an, is it an expedition ship? Is it? A, so I've seen them. That's the ferry that's, that is and a that's commuter. high speed, right? It's a commuter ferry, and there are people who commute on that to work in Fort Lauderdale or in Florida and yeah. Freeport. So we took that little express ferry. It's about three hours and 20 minutes to Freeport. We did stay two days and we came back two days later. Um, It's good for what it is. It's very cheap. I actually think we got our tickets on Groupon. So it was something ridiculous, like $75 round trip or something like that. And uh, I did like Freeport. We spent the day in a, not the day, three days we were there in a resort. And it was beautiful. I really liked it. Oof. Lucaya? Something yes. Lucaya. Yes, Grand Lucaya. Okay. That's the There's one. There's a bunch of them in the Lucaya, near Port Lucaya. Yeah. And that's what I like to do, too. I like to go there, and there's a bunch of, you can do resort crawls. They have casinos. Um, it's really a kind of a cool little area to hang out in. Um, we When we went, we went for the one day on the, uh, the, the um, 
the the Bahama Paradise cruise line. And it was awesome because we just met this couple and we started hanging out with them. And then we just went to the resort as well as cruise ship passengers. We didn't have the band, but if you if you staying at the resort, you got a red band on your wrist. And we were just kind of greasing the bartender a little bit, and it was as if we had a band. It was awesome. Mm. Swim up bar, all that stuff. It was really, really nice. Um, shout out to Amanda. We were playing. Um, this was great. We were playing uh, football in the ocean with a uh, with a with a coconut, a big like a green coconut. How tropical! So we were, we decided two of us as couples were like throwing in like a football back and forth. And um, we it was really strange. We were drunk, yeah, but we were just having so much fun. And the coconut got so waterlogged and uh, <laughs> it was hard to throw. But we were still trying, especially me and the guy, just kind of like broing out and trying to like throw this football, coconut, whatever, catching it, whatever. So we did that fine, no problem. We, we went on shore, drank our faces off all day, went back onto the cruise ship, took a shower, went out to dinner. Sat down with another couple. And we were just laughing about the whole thing. And this, we just looked like messes because on this particular cruise ship, you could buy a bottle for like 150 bucks. And then you just take the bottle with you and you just bring it to dinner. So I had a bottle of Jim Beam and a bottle of Grey Goose and I'm holding it. I'm holding them. And then you put them on the table and then the servers see that you have two bottles. So then they give you your mixers, your ice. It's almost like you get bottle service wherever you go because you already bought that bottle. So we put the bottle down and this other couple was sitting there and we're drunk and we're laughing about it. So we start telling telling the story to the other couple and they're looking at us like weird, almost like trying not to laugh and looking at each other, deciding what they should say. And we're telling them, yeah, we had the coconut. And they're like, yeah. And then they looked, she's like, tell them, honey. Like we we were at the same bar. We were sitting up at the bar and we were like, look at these wacky ass weirdos throwing a coconut football around and we had to video you. And they pulled out a video of us throwing the freaking football and the coconut. They actually, the people we were telling the story to said, we saw your weird asses <laughs> and we videotaped you and here's your video. I want to see that video. Amanda has it. She definitely sent it to me too and I probably have it on a computer that I transferred to at some point with my freaking seven laptops in three freaking years because I dropped them out of bed. But Amanda, uh, if you're listening, send that video over if you still have it. I'll definitely get the video. I may actually even have it in, our, in a text message uh, feed or whatever but if you're listening to this i'll try to get it but yeah we're literally throwing a coconut and these people that we just happened to be at dinner with saw us being weird and happened to be videotaping us and we got the video so that was funny oh, i'm sorry go ahead that's okay so we digress from freeport yeah. and nassau and yeah i liked freeport uh, a lot actually and you picked nassau right yes because it's just i'm um, city it's just city guy there's a lot more to do there's a downtown area but. okay fort lauderdale or miami Selaway. Fort Lauderdale, Miami Sailorway, definitely. Now, you want to talk cities? It's not even close. Fort Lauderdale is where Beatrix lives, and then it's that old Fort, I'll, I'll say Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood area. To me, that is the best piece of real estate in the country. That's where I want to be. That's where, that's that's the best place to live to me. Yeah, it's-, it's And what you just said, you just said you're very, think about what you just said. If you don't live near Fort Lauderdale, we can right now, I was, as you were saying, Fort Lauderdale Ferry or, or Palm Beach for wherever the ferry leaves out of, I was thinking- Fort Lauderdale. You want to just go? Like, we can do that. Like, we can decide right now. Yeah, you right can now. hop on a ferry and just go. We can just go tomorrow. How much is it? What, 80 bucks? Or I think it was $75 round trip Groupon when I got in. Yeah, who, where can you do that? Like, you're up in New York. Yeah, what are you doing? 
What do you want to do? New York, it's what do you want to do? You want to go to brunch over at uh, the Horny Ram? To here, it's uh, you want to just do a quick little ferry to the Bahamas? Yeah. Some people go in the morning, come back at night. I mean, it's a three-hour-plus trip, so it's not the shortest trip, but still, you can go for the day if you this want This podcast to. is not coming out until Tuesday. Right now, it's Saturday. I might do that tomorrow. <laughs> That might happen tomorrow. Just See, so. that's the beauty. I love Fort Lauderdale. I live in Fort Lauderdale for f- six, five, six years now. Yeah. And the convenience to have all this at your fingertips. Yes. And I talked about the beach earlier in this podcast and yeah. the ferry to go to the Bahamas and the cruise ships. I heard from a friend this week, two friends of mine were talking and one is going on a cruise tomorrow, actually, and asked the oh, other nice. one, have you been on a cruise? And he said, no. He's like, oh, Fort Lauderdale police is going to come get you. If you live in Fort Lauderdale, you have to go on a cruise. Yes. So the convenience of having the cruise terminal at our fingertips and literally hop on a vacation within 10 minutes from your home yes it, it really is is super convenient and super nice and how about that shrimp oh my god <laughs> we can go back and have the shrimp pirate republic that's right Ooh, they just got a shout out from you pirate republic just got a shout out from me i thought it was a pirate freaking place and like i said to you guys before if you go to a pirate place what do you think in comforters walk the plank whatever american pirate food caribbean no it's a Brazilian, Brazilian or Peruvian? Yeah. Brazilian. Brazilian mm-hmm. restaurant. All right, next question. Aqua show during the day or aqua show during the night? Ooh, so aqua show. That's on the uh, dive theater, the aqua theater on back of the Oasis class ships. And uh, we experienced it. You didn't like it as much as I did. Uh, I will say aqua show at night. And I'm only saying that because the aqua show that I saw at night was better. If I saw the aqua show that I saw at night during the day, Maybe I would say day, but at night, I'll say right now. Okay. Main dining room dinner or wind jammer dinner? Are you talking about specific wind jammer or are you talking about the buffet in general? No, I was thinking of us. Remember when we were on yeah. Harmony and you wanted wind jammer dinner and I wanted dining room? So we split up, I think, one or two nights. Did we? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. Uh, so basically, overall, if I had to pick one, I'll pick sit-down main dining room. Me too. The Windjammer and the Oasis class is tough. Guys, little hint, hint. If you're going on the Oasis class at all, don't go when it right opens right up. You're going to be waiting in line. All right. Uh, cruise with no phone or cruise with no booze? Oh, shit. They might have just broke the record. There might be a better one. No phone or no booze? Mm-hmm. Actually, it's easy. No phone. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna cruise you did pretty booze. good on our cruise. You didn't drink much on our cruise. No, I didn't get the drink package. And I'm not drinking by myself. Okay. Uh, dinner with the captain or, or all-access ship tour? All-access ship tour. Why is that? Because I don't give a crap about the captain. Just get me where I got to go. That's all it. Right. I'm just kidding. I have a lot of respect for the captain. And I would like to sit down and speak with the captain and, you know, kind of get a... But I would like to see the entire ship. And ideally on that ship, on that tour, I'd get a lot of information that I would have asked the captain for at dinner anyway. All right, so that concluded the questions, but I do have a bonus question, which is not a this or that. But what do I, I win? <laughs> but I do want to know your opinion on this. Actually, for a friend of mine and for myself. Elaborate rear, middle, or front on the ship, lower or higher floor. You are kind of looking kind of good sitting over there in that Always Be Booked t-shirt. <laughs> You're so stupid. All right, go ahead. All right, so elaborate for me. Middle of the ship, front or rear of the ship higher or lower floor where is it where do i want to be positioned on the ship yeah where should i book a room uh 
It depends on what you want. I like to be near the elevators only because it just, I don't know, I wear these flip-flops and you're, you know, you're, you got your feet in the water. And I just hate that freaking long trek down that long hallway. Flip, flop, flip, flop, flip, squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> I hate it. So I like to be, uh, I like to be near the elevators. Um, I'll say midship, definitely midship, near the elevators, closer to aft, uh, the aft elevator bank, but on the midship side. Okay. For me, if you if you if you are prone to seasickness, they say midship below. Just make sure you're low. Um, if you like fitness and stuff like that, a lot of times those gyms are near the front, so whatever. I don't give a crap. I don't care. You got me on that cruise ship. Um, I'm happy. Um, clearly, I like a balcony. I like a good balcony, but um, you know, if if I gotta take it inside, I'll take it inside. How did you like the um the Central Park View uh, stateroom that we had, which was a window, but it, the window of the Central Park looking in. I didn't mind it. I mean, yeah. I, I would probably take Ocean View over that. You would? I would, yeah. yeah. But I think it was great. I mean, obviously, it's much better than an interior, and it was nice. It's, I, it's, I, I remember okay. you saying that it's almost the feeling when you look out your window in New York City, and yeah. you just see the pedestrians going up and yeah. down. Yeah, same People feeling. People watch. That's why I would like, Beatrix has a funny picture of me. She's been begging me to post. You can if you want to. I'm not posting it. Um it's me doing exactly that, but with a balloon animal on my head. Uh, and I'm just kind of like sitting in the little nook looking out into Central Park. But I, I like it too. Like, I mean, really, like, I don't, if you're going to just give me a window, give me something to look at. Give me something different. Give me some, I love the sea, but you look out the window, it's literally still just the sea. And when I want that, I'll go outside. I want to get the smell. I want to get the fresh air. I'll maybe hit with a couple of drops, maybe see a dolphin. I don't need to stare at a little window. So for that reason, I prefer if I'm going to have a window. I like uh, either inside Central Park or a promenade-facing window. I have that picture. If you really mean it, I'll post it. But maybe I'll put it up as a question. Do you guys want to see it? And if we get like 40 likes that you want to see it, we will put it as your profile picture. That's not happening. (laughs) It's not going to be the profile picture. And 40 (laughs) likes would probably be a record. It's not like a big like community we have more comments i think it's more like stuff like that but no 40 likes would be a lot though but i don't think it's gonna happen either way it's a funny it's a funny picture you guys would like it well yeah any picture of I'm me is, hold any on picture to of me is funny I'm, I gotta gonna, give you that. I'm gonna hold on to it for a little longer okay okay all right so what else we got we got this game i see this vase here i'm a little intimidated all right so there's a lot of pieces of paper in here lots and lots you're not gonna pick all of them just pick five because i don't want to bore the do you know, Listeners. first of all, first of all, you're going to do this to me. I'm going to ask you, do you know the pronunciation of all these things? Uh, some I do, some I don't. So you may want to pull up Google to help you pronounce some of them. Some I do know and some I don't. I'm not looking it up. Wait, so, you, so you're going to give, so you should know how to pronounce the names if well, you're going to give them to me. I know some, but there are some that are actually really hard. So because it's going to yeah. be like, how do I know if we win? How do I know if I do it? How do I know if I'm right? There are a lot in there. So you're only going to do a few today okay. and maybe we'll bring this back if you like it. Okay. Let's go. This is like... <laughs> it's it's pronounce it, Tommy. <laughs> and you printed them out and cut them. This feels like a fortune. You opened up a giant fortune cookie. I know this one. Come on. This is, all right, so she's going to start off easy. Cartagena. Good one. That's easy. Yeah, I did used to say Cartagena. And I only used to say Cartagena because it's in a Biggie, Biggie song. He says, call me Don Cartagena. And then I used to see it when I would go when I would look at up cruises, and I would say, "Oh, that's Cartagena." And people like, "He's Cartagena, dummy." <laughs> All right, so I'm one for one, right? One for one. Okay. Are you serious? 
Did you pick an easy this one? This is easy. So this is your homeland. Oh, I put that there as a surprise. Oh, this is this is good though because it's giving me confidence. You're gonna like mess this up. This is Budapest, Hungary. Yep. How wrong. the hell are you gonna screw up wrong. Budapest? No, that's not wrong. It's not pest. First of all, it is in it's America. Not. It is so no, it it's isn't. not wrong. What is it? It's Budapest. No, 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 no. You're wrong. I'm you, wrong. You're right if you're in Hungary, but I'm telling you if you walk around the streets of the US, USA and you go Budapest as, then a, as why an American. Then why do you pronounce Cartagena, Cartagena and not Cartagena? I don't know those rules. I don't know those rules. Uh, I don't know why, but that's just the way it is. You cannot say that Budapest is wrong. Every single American I know, Cones, you weigh in on this. Tommy at alwaysbebook.com. Do I get credit for Budapest? I, I hope gr- not. All right, we'll see. I'm going to tell you something, Cones. If you ever pronounce Budapest, please say Budapest and not Pest. No. I'll thank you personally. Okay, that's fine. If you're ever walking around America and you don't want to get slapped in the mouth, <laughs> say Budapest because people will think you're a pretentious asshole. If you, and Although it's correct and I have respect for Hungary and everything, it produced Beatrix, so that's great. But some things, just like we had an argument, we didn't argue, but you said, you said the Schooner bar. Schooner, yeah, because yeah. it's S-C-H. Yeah. In German, is Esch, yeah. Schooner. But it's widely known as the Schooner Bar. Not Schooner. All right. That's funny you picked Hungary as a second. I didn't think you were going to pick that one. That was just a little bit of a joke in there. All right, can. Good. Can. For France, it says canis, canes, 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 but I know it's can because only I only know that because of the film festival. Oh, good one. Okay, keep at it. All right. Uh, Basseterre. I have no idea. Can so you show St. Kitts. Basseterre. Basseterre. I don't know this one. I don't either. I don't know St. Kitts. All right. So Cones way in. Bass- you know what I'm talking about. I see it all the time. Uh, Basseterre. Basseterre. St. Kitts. All right. That's the port you sail into when you go to St. Kitts. Yep. Oh, yeah. We're, we're screwed here. This ain't going to work out good. Can I see? Oh, I don't know. This is the new this is the new rule for these games. You have to know the answers. Eles de Santes. It's Guadalupe. Somewhere in Guadalupe. Yes. 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 It could be yes because two L's in Spanish it's places. I-L. Eel. Oh. Isn't it? I don't know. As an island. It means island. Isla de Santes. Guadalupe. We'll go to the next one. It's not as fun if you don't know the answer. Um. I was we're hoping you pull it up on Google. We're staying in Guadalupe. They're going to pronounce it for me on yeah, Google? Yeah, they have a oh, pronunciation they, thing. Yeah, They're wrong, too. <laughs> we're staying in Guadalupe for Puente Pierte. Puente Pierte. Can I see? Yeah. Puente Pitre. 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 Puente This is like a cultural appropriation gone wrong here. All right. All right. One before last. Okay. In Italy, it's Cagliari. 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 Very good. Very good. All right, last one. I don't know this one. It's simple. Uh, I should know it. I do not know it. Nantes. 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 In France. In France. It's Nantes. N a n t e s. Nantes. All right. We'll do one more. <laughs> you looked for this one. How do you guys say it? Falmouth, Jamaica. I think that's how you say it. It's just Falmouth. I think it's Falmouth. Even though your instinct and my instinct, everybody's instinct is to be like foul mouth. 
foul mouth. Hey, you watch your mouth in Jamaica. No, but it's you're in foul mouth. Falmouth, Jamaica. I think it's Falmouth. Falmouth. All right, we'll save yeah. the rest for later. That's it, Beatrix. As always, thank you so much. It's uh, so good to see you, especially in your uh, cute little tight little always be booked T-shirt. Oh, good to see you too. Can't wait till you wash it; it shrinks even more. No, I don't think it will. You might never know. All right, Cones. Hope you guys um, enjoyed Beatrix. She's definitely gonna be back. What did we say? We got to do something else. We said next time. Oh, Port Profile of Fort Lauderdale. Port Profile of Fort Lauderdale we're going to do. Maybe we'll add some video to that as well, and we'll put it on YouTube as well. uh, I have to get you on the water taxi when we do that, maybe. Yes, the water taxi is just almost like it's... I mean, Fort Fort Lauderdale, is. if you're ever in the area, it's almost like... It's not almost... I'm totally exaggerating, but it has a little bit of like a Venetian feel to it in that there's just canals and little creeks and little, little just waterways everywhere throughout, and like... You it, know it's called Venice of America, right? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I just made that up. I thought no, I just made no, that up. No, no, totally serious. Even the cops and everybody else, it's known as the Venice of America. They have the badges and it says Venice of America. Get out of here. Swear to God. So your boy was right a little bit there. Yeah. So I, I actually didn't know that. But it's it just lends itself to such niceness because all the restaurants and everything it, all, everything is on the water. You have uh, you have so many opportunities for places to be on the water where just waterside dining and drinking is such a premium in Fort Lauderdale. It's kind of everywhere. And then they have these water taxis that kind of connect everything. But uh, like we said, Beatrix, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me again. Of course. All right, Cones. We'll be back with some emails. Hey, quick question. How important is your vacation to you? Okay, well, are you booked? If not, I want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime. Let's talk Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. Always Be Booked Cruises and Vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come, no matter who's listening. Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to Always Be Booked.com or email me directly at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. As we always say, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show, and we appreciate them very much. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Keep them coming. How about this, guys? How about we don't make me freaking uh, have to solicit the emails all the time? See, it's crazy because there'll be weeks where they just come in hot and heavy, and I'll be like, damn, am I going to be able to read all these? And then sometimes it's uh, absolutely not. Now, I do realize that with me doing a show every single week, it's going to be a little bit more tricky to have emails because less time goes from week to week. Less time goes from show to show, I should say, and it's only one week, and uh, I got to kind of hustle. But keep them coming. If you ever have anything that you want to know or you just want to contribute to the show in any way, I got a couple of emails. So I got a couple in, in the stun 
if you might if in the queue you might say so a couple of people did email me that are not going to get read on this show because they came out recently and i already kind of did the script for this show i put everything together but that's good if i have a couple of emails on back order that's going to be good for the show because I don't necessarily have to rely on the emails being a week-to-week thing and hustling to the finish line. Because one thing I will not do, one thing I will not do is read fake emails. All right. Dear Tommy, I am a big fan of your podcast. What makes your show so enjoyable is how relatable and down-to-earth you are. Uh, Jenkins, fetch me my robe, please. Yes, and then make the eggs. Yes, don't overcook the eggs. Don't overcook the eggs again. Yes. Or you'll be executed. Thank you. Uh, I'm a big fan of your show. It really, uh, how relatable you are and down to earth you are. It really feels like listening to a buddy over a beer. You're also a fun storyteller. So with that being said, since we're essentially two bros discussing cruising over a drink, tell me how many pockets you have stuffed while at sea. How many Spice H2Os get invited back to your customized balcony mattress loving? Any tips on pocket hunting while on board? LOL. All in good, I think you meant to say fun. Sorry for putting you on the spot, but it's just us. Remember, love the show, DJ. Wow, DJ, you can't ask me that. A gentleman never tells. Jeez. First of all, the pocket thing. Now, I saw a review, one of my more recent reviews. Did I say this already? I, I might have mentioned this on the show, but somebody accused me of having the name of a pocket. The pocket is nothing physical, guys. I got to say this over and over again. People think like a pocket is like sort of like I use that is a term in conjunction with a certain part of the female anatomy. And that is just not true. I get the connection. Makes sense. And I'll laugh about it because it's pretty freaking funny. But that's not what it is. A pocket is a group. It's a group like a pocket of resistance or a pocket of whatever. But I know what you're saying, Derek. I know you know. I know you know that, and I know you don't mean that. But you're just using the word "stuff" to pocket. You mean how many? You know who? Are, well, listen. I, listen. First of all, let's put it out there like this. You know, anybody who was on the Facebook Live last night knows why I use podcasting as my main form of media. I am no lady killer out there in these streets. I'm not trying to act like I am. But it's fun. The pursuit is fun. The interaction is fun. Every once in a while, you know, one of these pockets and one of the members of the pockets ends up liking, you know, the funny guy. And that's where I come in and, uh, you know, step in and we have a good time. But, uh, yeah, no, there's been instances. Yes, it's happened. I would say more often it doesn't happen than when it does. Forget about it. Do not think that I am this guy on the cruise ship running around looking for chicks and yeah, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill it out there. You know, it's it, it's. There was one cruise where I, where you know, and we're talking stuffing pockets. You mean going all the way, right? You know, you don't have to go all the way. You could have a little interaction, a little alone time, a little fun time, a little dare I say heavy petting. Without having a freaking, you know, you know, do do the deed as uh, the kids said in 1964. But we have fun, and you know, we get a couple of drinks in us, and we see some people, and we like to meet meet them. And then, you know, sometimes it's it goes well, you know. And when it does go well, it goes really well. So we like that. But I don't know. I don't know what the count is. I don't have a chart. I definitely don't have a chart. There's definitely been a lot of interactions. I could tell you my count is probably not to the level of someone with the lengths of Stu um, and, and people like that. You know, you may probably even Chris because you know Chris is one of those. You know, throw throw. <laughs> 
throw some shit at the wall, something's going to stick type of guy. But he does his thing, and we have some fun. That's it. You know, if I go on a cruise and none of it happens and we meet some cool people and I have a great time with my crew, that's all I want too. So uh, you're asking me for details? No, I don't have details. But oh, let's just say it happens here and there and we have a good time. Is that's is that That's not what single guys are supposed to do, right? If you're single and you're, you know wouldn't that be kind of un-American to not indulge here and there? Uh, how many Spice H2Os get invited back to your custom balcony mattress loving? Oh, yeah, there's invitations. <laughs> the guest list is high, but, you know, do they all show up? No, a lot of, a lot of people do not, don't RSVP, but whatever it is. We're just having fun out here, enjoying ourselves, and don't worry about for putting me on the spot. That was actually a fun question. Sorry if I didn't give you an exact answer, but... We love doing our thing out there in those high seas, DJ. Tommy just found the show, and I love it. I am six captain in Sprite Zeros and four shots of Alhimador tequila into binge listening to your podcast. I just listened to episode nine and realized you are a visionary. In this episode from two years ago, you predicted a trampoline room and a roller coaster on a ship in the future. Mic drop. Carnival Panorama is getting a trampoline thingy, and Mardi Gras will Mardi Gras will be home. Why did I read it Mardi Gras? I know what freaking the word Mardi Gras is. We'll be home to the first roller coaster at sea. I started at episode zero with the sole purpose of finding out what a cone is. I just found out what a pocket is, but so far no sign of cone. I can only assume it's something similar to Jim Rome's clones, only much cooler. That's actually interesting, but no. I uh, love the show. I would really like to help in any way possible to help you make this huge. Let me know, Ed. Ed, I have a way you can help the show out. Uh, send me $1 million. Let me know when you need the uh, address. Just a check for $1 million. Ed, I'm just kidding. That is awesome, man. I'm really glad you just uh, you popped on the show and enjoyed it and enjoyed it enough to fire up some cocktails and go to episode zero and uh juan shout out to juan valdez one of the best listeners we have he actually commented on this in the always be both cruises lounge on facebook he said that uh you know he was jealous because he remembers being able to go back and listen and kind of discover the show for the first time and i feel that about like when i watch tv shows or certain other podcasts so i am with you guys on that and i really really appreciate it so uh the funny part is that I don't know who Ed was, and I was looking for Ed, and I was hoping he was in the Facebook uh, group. He wasn't, and I emailed him back saying, uh, Ed, where are you? This is a great email. It's awesome. Thank you so much. You know, I want to celebrate you in the lounge. And he's just like, no, I can't be on Facebook because uh, my wife doesn't let me because she's crazy or whatever, and uh, I get into trouble when I'm on Facebook. So, <laughs> yes, Ed is too bad you can't be on the Facebook group, Ed, because you definitely fit in with us, and I appreciate this very much as well. Cones. Are, uh, if you haven't heard, uh, a cone is a uh, is an obstacle, basically what it is. I read a couple of books and looked into it a little bit when I went on uh, when I went on an episode when I did an episode called the Cruising Underworld. You know the way the crew lives and their life and their people too. And I think it's kind of refreshing. If you go to any restaurant, there is a certain culture within that restaurant of all the employees. And yes, if let's not be so, I guess, uh, naive to think that customers at a restaurant aren't looked at as sometimes people who are annoying. You know, if you ever watch that show Below Deck, 
Below Deck is not a cruise ship thing, it's a yacht thing, but it's an incredibly entertaining reality show about a crew of people on a small yacht, a big yacht, but it's not a cruise ship, so that's why I said small, and uh, the captain, and it just follows their life and how they receive guests and how they deal with guests and their interrelationships with each other and who's banging who, and you see how they think of the guests. They don't bring it to the forefront, but you hear how they talk about the guests, how they make fun of the guests and things like that. Guys, don't don't take that personally. That's just blowing off steam at work. You probably have a lot of that sentiment at your jobs too when you're talking about the customers. So they have this cute little word for us named cone uh, on a lot of ships. And again, this is not across the board. Some will tell you they don't know what you're talking about, but on a lot of ships. And this is proven because check out the episode Tourist to Local. I'm sorry, the episode with Julia from Taurus to Local. I forgot what episode it is, maybe about 20 episodes back or so, 10, 15 episodes back or so. And I said the word cone, and she said, oh, my God, how did you know that? So, uh, yeah, we do our research around here. And so a cone basically is something, an orange fluorescent thing that's in your way. You may be late for work. You may be trying to get somewhere. You may be in a rush. But a cone may divert you. It's going to detour you from where you're trying to go. And on cruise ships, us as guests are cones. We will get in the way with some stupid question, or we will get in the way by spilling our drink, or we'll get in the way by uh, just being in a large group of people completely unaware of our surroundings, not knowing that people are trying to get around us. Because another thing that Julia said, from the point of a crew member, she said, and I agree with this, that when we're on vacation, we do have a tendency to turn our brains off. So that's what happened with that. Ed, I hope you ans- I hope I answered your question. And I really, really appreciate that email. I said in the lounge, just so you know you don't see it in the lounge, I did say no disrespect to anyone else, but this was the best email of 2019 so far. All right, moving on. Tommy, what's up, bro? Long-time listener to your podcast since November, and I appreciate your style. Keep it up. Yeah, I do have a great style, don't I? I don't know why I just said that. That was stupid. Uh, I wanted to add my piece uh about Amsterdam charging new fees to cruisers. So yeah, so this is the story that we talked about last week where there's a day tripper fee to cruisers and no other form of travel at Amsterdam. I don't blame the city for wanting to make extra money. Lord knows the cruise lines are money-minded as well, but I feel like some of the cities have to blame themselves if people aren't spending money in their city. If a city provides a product that people want, people are going to spend money. Plain and simple. That's basic free market economics. I think what Amsterdam should be asking is why aren't cruisers spending money in their city but are spending money in other cities? I think Nassau Bahamas is asking that question right now as well. How can we get people off the ship and get them to spend money? Charging extra fees doesn't do that. I also had something to say about Carnival changing their mind on room service. Overall, I think it was a good idea for them to listen to the consumer, but I believe that they already had a good system. Have certain systems that are free and have certain systems that cost money. If the food cost and waste is an issue, just charge money for the items that cost the most and provide free items that are more cost efficient. That way you could still technically provide free room service, but also think about the bottom line. Compromise is the backbone of healthy relationships. This is true of business and consumers as well. Anyway, thanks for hearing me out. Got to get you to come to LA for a Mexican booze cruise. Take care, Jason, a.k.a. Captain Cruz. Let me say something, Jason. That was a great email. That was a very, very well thought out and a very logical 
uh, email that made a lot of sense. One of the things that you said that made me think of something. Now, shout out to Stu. We used to go when I lived in uh, the Big Apple. Uh, we used to go on a heterosexual dinner to uh, the sushi place. And the sushi place was all you can eat. I think it was like 20 bucks. All you can eat sushi. And they were happy to get their 20 bucks. And to combat food waste, to combat food waste, they charged you for every piece you didn't eat that was on your plate. Now, granted, Stu would tell me the stories about when he used to take his girlfriend there. And uh, they would eat and they would, you know, Stu is clearly an eyes is bigger than your stomach guy. But no, Stu can eat. But Stu thinks he can eat more than he can eat, but he still can't eat. His girlfriend at the time was the same way, and he told me that they ordered all this sushi, all you can eat. They got all excited about all the different rolls. They wanted to try everything, and all of a sudden, as fate would have it, they got stuffed about 13 minutes into the dish. Now, they're left with all this freaking sushi that they're going to have to pay for. If they would have eaten it, they wouldn't have to pay for it. You could imagine the hysterical image of them like stuffing raw pieces of sushi into their jacket pockets, into their pur- into her purse, you know, just putting sushi on their purse and anywhere they can find room. Maybe that's a way to go for the for for uh, the buffet. Just weigh your plate afterwards. Now that wouldn't really work, but I just thought that was interesting. But yeah, you you you're right. You know, it's almost like positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement. I've kind of changed that in my career. Uh, when I used to mandate things as a manager, I used to man. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do this. You have to do that. I noticed that you get more results when you don't mandate it necessarily, but you provide an environment that's conducive for them to want to do it. You know what I'm saying? So, and I I agree with your sentiment. You know what? The tax is just going to look hostile coming into Amsterdam. And it's just kind of like a defeatist mentality. I see what you're saying. It's like a little bit of a defeatist mentality where, okay, well, we don't have a good enough product and we're not giving you something that's going to make you want to spend money. So we're going to make you spend money, and it's going to cost you cruise more. However, I will say, even a port like St. Thomas, you know what I'm saying? This is what you got to remember, too, why people aren't spending money nowadays. And I don't know if this applies to Amsterdam because I know a lot of the bigger and newer cruise ships don't typically go out there. But I know St. Thomas was literally having meetings. The U.S. Virgin Islands were having meetings left and right about what they can do because they noticed while the cruise ships still go to St. Thomas in more record record amounts, they were noticing that the spending on the island has gone down way lower. So what did they do? They don't start charging taxes no, obviously, because the cruise lines probably wouldn't deal with that from St. Thomas, but they also just had meetings trying to identify the problem and come up with a solution. And uh, that's St. Thomas. You would never think that that would be an issue over there. If you if St. Thomas can't get people to spend money, who the hell can? But it was an issue. So I know it can be an issue, and one of the main issues that I know the reason for it is is that these cruise ships have started to become absolutely outrageous. The floating cities, the 5,000 or more capacity mega ships, the zip lines, the freaking uh, go-kart tracks, the... IMAXs, the sky rides. Oh, soon it's going to be roller coasters. So people are finding less and less of a reason to get off the ship, especially avid cruisers who've seen St. Thomas 11, 12, 15, 20 times. You know what I'm saying? I get it. So uh, it's a little bit of both. You have to kind of battle it. It's a pendulum. And hopefully, you know, things, the mark, like you said, the free market will ultimately correct itself. Jason, thank you so much for the email. I appreciate you. Uh, Moving on. I totally agree with uh, disagree with this tax. Now that 
with that said, I'm not a financial expert, but it seems to me that Amsterdam, of course, is making a good amount of money from the passengers, not to mention the excursions they sell and everything else. Most, if not all, ports would welcome the ships with open arms, but because of the revenue, they will not bring, but uh, because of of the revenue they will bring, but not too sure if anything around Amsterdam is worthwhile. For the cruise ship to stop at or in the line of travel, maybe Amsterdam knows this and are giving it a shot. What's the worst that can happen? Amsterdam would have to apologize to the cruise lines, say we screwed up, and then take the tax back, and all will be well again. That's my opinion, and again, I'm not a financial expert. Keep up the good work and still wanting to meet up some sometime soon that's my buddy ben ben started a youtube channel definitely check it out he uh reviewed the mscc side a little bit and kind of did some things around miami ben i'd like to see more videos out of you buddy uh i enjoyed the one that i did see so ben doesn't agree with the tax i know what he's saying but he's also saying who cares let's just do it because what does amsterdam have to lose let's just try it roll it out they think that there's nothing close to that area so cruise lines are pretty much forced to stop at amsterdam and it turns out i guess they're not because a few of them did drop amsterdam as a port of call uh but i see what you're saying so amsterdam it's all about leverage all this stuff is about leverage if amsterdam does have the leverage to do that then they can cruise lines will pay the consumer they'll roll the guests the they'll roll the expense over to the guest in the cruise price or side tax or whatever it is and it'll the market will tell you if the cruise passenger is going to pay for it then it's going to stick if it ends up hurting the bottom line exactly what you just said ben is going to take place they're going to have to repeal that tax we're going to see what happens anyway that's pretty much it this week i think that's it for the emails let me make sure do we have any more um, yes, that's it. All right, that's it for the emails this week. We do have a couple more emails that we're going to read for next week's episode. I appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget, always be booked on Instagram. We have a lot of fun there. Uh, please tell your friends about the show. If you don't mind, go into some of your favorite cruise groups and contribute the great information. You're not spamming. If I do it, it's spamming. And don't get me wrong. I'm going to do me a little spamming here and there. But it's not spamming, I don't think, really, because I'm actually trying to contribute. I will be active members of the group, but I, you know, I want to get the show out there a little bit more. 2019 is going to be a big year. You guys are going to help me out, right? So hopefully we'll uh, spread the word on the Always Be Both Cruise podcast. If you want to financially help out the show for the small amount of $5 a month, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash booked. I would appreciate that. Let me know, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com if you have any interest in paying a $80 to get a cruise companion. If not, no harm, no foul. Just don't do it. Um, what else do we got here? Uh, the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. It's a growing community. Hoping we're going to get near a 1,000 soon. I appreciate appreciate you guys joining in that. I really, really starting to feel a lot closer to a lot of the members I love you guys. You guys uh, really keep me on my toes. You crack each other up, crack me up. Uh, probably more often than not, crack yourselves up. Uh, <laughs> we have a good time. So we have the live show. Uh, we're going to have the Patreon coming up on this Thursday, which is going to be an extra bonus show for you guys, like I said, who want to contribute the $5 a month. And that's pretty much it. Here we go. 2019. I'm on a new little health kick here. I got up at 6 o'clock this morning, was out of the gym by 8 a.m. Really feeling good about that. Got to make it stick, guys. Got to contribute and and, 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 and and take part in a lifestyle change. I don't really want to talk much about it because talking shit, right? That's about it, Cones. Thank you guys so much for listening. Boat drinks. There's a place 
where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all right, the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies And pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear That I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from